0: Coming up on episode 112 of Pixel Gaiden. It's a battle of the 8-bit Batman games. Eric discusses his favorite games on each system. Tim has a Mr. Update and a review on the C64. The boys complain about each other's opinions. We discuss all the new Evercade titles and lots of new controllers coming out. Eric's microphone sounds like garbage and then we fix it
1: one another visitor stay a while stay forever welcome to
0: pick featuring cody eric and tim drew now here are your hosts eric nelson and cody hoffman Oh, Eric, my friend Eric, how are you this month?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. My uh, son's off to college, so, you know, spending a lot of money, but doing pretty well.
0: Big changes in the air. Well, listeners, you are home if you're looking for a new home that speaks to you in regards to retro video games and retro inspired video games. This is Pixel Guide, Gaiden. My name is Cody Hoffman.
1: My name is Eric Nelson. And it's almost like
0: we've gotten uh, a lot of practice doing that, you know?
1: Exactly. we're we're good to pump you up. Pump you up. Pump you up. Yeah, my
0: really quick update with the family. It's fair time over here at the Hoffman household. So the girls just dropped off their turkeys at the fair. It's been all fair this week. Uh, they, They have to go there and feed their turkeys day and night every day for six days to keep the turkeys alive so that people at the fair can enjoy their turkeys. And at the very end, they auction them off to some, you know, nice local businesses who spend way too much on a turkey because they've got a cute kid standing behind it. So that's what we've been up to.
1: That's fantastic. Uh, The turkeys are fat. (laughs) P-H-A-T. Exactly.
0: And and Addie's going into high school. So that's the big change for her. And like you said, Sam's heading off. Like, that's a big change for you and him.
1: That's right. And my daughter's going to high school for the first time, too. That's true as well. You know what? Yeah. So big changes everywhere.
0: All kinds of stuff. Unfortunately, Eric, we tried to get together so we can exchange beers. It wasn't in the cards primarily. I'm going to blame Fair. Uh, So we have different beers to talk about. We also have something for next episode that we are hoping to open together in person. But we'll open that next episode. I'm excited about it. Without further ado, let's go ahead and do a quick rundown of what we're talking about here on Pixel Guide and episode 112. We're going to start, as we always do, with a couple of quick questions, get right into some retro video game talk. Um, we have, uh, of course, the Patreon song, which everyone looks forward to, except <laughs> yes. uh, probably me more than anyone else. Um, Tea Time with Tim this, this uh, month will be on the Mr. Multi and... He did a review on the C64, which has been out for quite a while. But, Eric, you mm-hmm. and I have been wanting one of these things, but they just aren't available in the States unless you want to pay $300 scalpel, scalper prices.
1: That's right. I would love to get one.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Eric, do you have an Eric's Take this episode?
1: I do. Um, I had this idea a couple of weeks ago, and I've been taking notes on it. Um, but it is... All the systems that I had growing up, and even in my early adulthood, um, I I made a list of all the systems I had, and then talked about my favorite games for each system at the time. So not now has nothing to do with their good games now, but what I played most back in the day.
0: Nostalgia based favorite exactly. games of all time. nostalgia
1: based favorite games, and uh, went through it. It was it's fun. It's fun. It was fun recollecting because. I did have to pull up all those old consoles to kind of remember the systems I had. Yeah, nice. And so, like, for the Game Boy, I only had three systems, so or, or three, three games for it. You poor, so it was poor, poor easy. child. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, exactly.
0: It's one of those things where you have a, a Game Boy like that when you're a kid. Like, that's what you played most because you're always out and about. Yep. But, yeah, your mom would never get to a new game. Nope. So you're stuck out and about with Tetris, which is a great that's game right. the first 20 hours you play it by yourself yeah uh, and then you're like well i guess i'll play this again
1: uh, again and again because that's all i got <laughs> exactly so yep. that's that so that's what i talk about in that in, in my eric's take
0: i should make us play ren and stimpy on the game one of these days because i had that game as a child because i was huge yeah. into ren and stimpy and it was awful back then i can't imagine how bad it, bad it really is that we played it like now through yeah without you know, the rose colored lenses I, I,
1: i have this idea and i was going to put it in our notes maybe that was a good time uh, like a battle of the systems of the battle of the worst games yeah there you go for two different systems that would be great like and maybe that could be in there <laughs> uh,
0: i might uh i might plead the fifth and i'll have tim hop in for that one and i'll do six good games with you guys <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys can focus on exactly Uh, And then rounding out the show, we have, of course, The News, and we have Battle of the Systems, where we're going to talk about a couple of Batman titles on 8-bit systems. Uh, Yeah. Spoiler alert, they're two of my favorite games, so I totally front-loaded this. Um, Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yep. Next episode, uh, I'll run you through it real quick. Of course, we're going to do quiz questions. Tim will join us, and Eric is going to have a second shot at his new game show format, because it went over so well last time.
1: It started off rocky, but it got better at the, towards the end. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: There you go. We're going to go ahead and open that box Eric and I were just talking about. Uh, we're going to catch up and have six good games with the topic being six good games that have beer in them. Honestly, I think it's kind of long overdue for this show that we it haven't is. had a six good video games with beer in them. Uh, that bearing said, let's go ahead and hop right on in as we do at the top of every episode with some Quick questions. Quick questions.
1: So, we are starting off our quick questions with 48K Ram. Josh Malone. He states, "What's a machine that you wish your fellow co-hosts would give more respect to?" Mhm. Hmm, hmm.
0: I have my answer and I'll tell, I'll just shoot I'll shoot from the hip right now. Yeah. This, this one did pop instantly to my mind. Yeah. And I can apologize for it and explain it away any way I want, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to throw it out there. There is no reason that you and Tim should not love the ever-loving heck out of the NES. It's, like, the best system. I don't understand okay. why it doesn't constantly come up. Like, yeah, let's play these games. And you guys keep talking about these old, like, arcade computers. I had shmups a feeling this was the one
1: you were going to pick.
0: And these shmups on, like, 32-bit and 64-bit systems. But, man, the, the heart and soul of retro video games everybody's shirt shows you the nes controller everyone has furniture and stuff based on the nes controller and there's a reason for that eric and it's not just because of nostalgia and because we're in america and it was like the big system here it's because it is one of the best most pivotal gameplay based systems so you guys should love that system
1: I had a feeling you were gonna say that and, and I don't I'm not gonna say it's not true. <laughs> Especially with Tim, but you can't blame him. The NES wasn't very popular in the UK. It doesn't
0: matter, it doesn't make the system any less amazing, Eric.
1: That's true, and, and he, he he can go back. But in my defense, because I'm gonna I'm gonna mount a defense here. I did just beat Mega Man too. Woo! So I played I played Nintendo and I loved it and Yes, yeah. exactly. Um so I mean I am I'm I'm getting there I'm getting there so I mean I've I've been playing a lot more Nintendo, um so I, I, that's my defense I I'm I am I am trying so what I what I will go.
0: say is obviously Eric came and Tim came from the microcomputer mm-hmm. mindset background and a lot of that is very much um you know European centric and. And even the American stuff kind of feels even more in that realm than the Japanese stuff. And obviously, the NES being primarily Japanese developers all over it, I'm just used to the Japanese gameplay, which to me is the best gameplay. It is Mm -hmm. tight, it is functional, it is gameplay forward over Flash, and I feel like a lot of the other stuff is more of a tech demo than it is a game. And so sure. for me, the NES focuses on games and gameplay. Now, of course, every system has a lot of terrible games as well. But yeah, so that's where I'm going. I'll I'll leave it there, Eric. What about you?
1: I for for similar reasons to what you're saying, but I think if you were a little older, you might have <laughs> more respect for the um, the Ataris, the Atari 2600, the 5200, the 7800, and the 8-bit line of computers. And I know you like them, but we never really talk about much from the eight-bit Atari line, and okay. the the games aren't the games are definitely more rudimentary than the like the Nintendo. But the history is there, and there aren't a lot of gems. That was when they were inventing whole game genres. You know what I mean? Yes, true. Was was back. They, I mean, that's the roots of game genres was on those Ataris from back in the day. And it's a homegrown company. I mean, it was made right here in California. So I don't know. Uh, still I appreciate little, that. I still will boot up my 2600 and play River Raid on it. Play uh, Yars Revenge. I mean, I, I think those are worth playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And right now, and admittedly, it's harder to find good games on it.
0: For for me, the big gap, and we've talked about this in the in the past. It's not that there's not good games and good gameplay on there. It's yeah. the mentality that I struggle with, which is you hop on here and play the game, and I'm like, great. Like, what do I? How do I get further? How do I beat it? No, no, the number just keeps going up. The Score keeps going up. Yeah. All right, well, when do I win? When do I feel like I accomplish something? You don't, unless yeah. you have other people to compare to. And so it's, it's just a different mindset. It's a score-based mindset for most games. So
1: There's not many games that have endings on the Atari 2600 yep. for sure. And
0: that's what that's what I, I always want to play towards a goal, and uh, it, it's yep. hard with the Atari. That's, that not would be mention my defense. Not the
1: 5200 and the 7800 in your defense are <laughs> a lot of ports, which I know you don't like.
0: Yeah, it's not that I dislike them. It's that if I can already play that game, yeah. I don't need to go find other versions of the same game. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I love... But you're right. We should we should give a little more love to that. I would love to try some more 7800 stuff, which has, yeah. I think, a little bit more of that uh, goal-based gameplay. Yeah. And uh, and there's that new card out for it. So I need an excuse to yeah. get that, bust that card out and start playing some stuff. Especially, there's I think there's actually a lot of homebrew stuff kind of locked onto emulators or uh very small runs of limited edition carts for the 7800 5200 and even the 2600 um yeah. so get, being able to get an sd solution would help us to play those in real hardware the, the way we like to do here on pixel guy Den. definitely cool next quick question comes from jocko 6502 and his question is it's kind of an interesting question we'll have to play with it a little here if you worked on a one in one out system for retro gaming computers or consoles what would you sell or pass on to make new room for the new system yeah so i guess it's kind of a i would i'm going to make a two-part question because okay so first of all what do you want to add to your collection and what is worth getting rid of in order to add something to your collection on this one-in-one-out system that we're theoretically taking part in
1: yeah
0: eric's thing he's pontificating here
1: i am I mean, do you have an answer, or I can I can throw together one real quick?
0: I, I kind of have an answer, but if you're ready, uh, you go for it, my friend.
1: No, go ahead. You give me a little little more time to think about this.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So I'll I'll go with this. If I worked on a one in one out system, which is kind of a bad choice of words because we're talking about systems, right? One out, one in, one out um, a method for collecting here, right? I can't fit anything else in my in my house unless I take another system and get rid of it. I have a few systems that just... Now that I've collected stuff, there's a few that aren't going to get used because I have alternate ways to play those things. So, for example, I have um, multiple Macintoshes. Right? And I'm really going to have... There's uh, there's a Mac Plus that I love. I had that growing up, so I'm not getting rid of... Actually, I think it's an SE, but... And then I have an LC2 over here, which I think can play almost everything that I want to be able to play on a Mac. But then I have a number of other Macs back here that quite literally are just sitting there. Um, they work. Some of them work. And I'm not going to turn the bond because I'm either going to play my nostalgia base Plus or I'm going to play this LC2. So I have... And they're not duplicates. They are unique systems to Mac, but they play... You know, they work on the same architecture and everything. So I would say getting rid of one of those systems that I wouldn't necessarily plot and use right uh and i would get a uh, a system that is unique and there's no other way to experience it uh like one i would really love to get right now is the virtual boy because i don't have a virtual boy and that is a bizarre system that you set up on a tripod and shove your face into it and you get red and black 3d and it's a nintendo product and i want one of those so i would trade that out
1: it's interesting because I, I guess I'm taking the question a little differently. Like that would be your only system. And if I had just the virtual boy and that's it, <laughs> I think in a week I'd, I'd be selling the virtual boy to get something else. <laughs>
2: okay, okay.
1: Um, I, but that's the way I'm taking the question. Um, two things. Um, the literal answer to this for me, which uh, I'm not going to answer it this way, but I would just have the mister. And 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 call it a day because the Mister does everything. I mean, it, and it does it very accurately, and it's very nice. And that way, I can play everything. But that, I'm not going to use that; it's cheap. Um, on my desk, right next to me, I have the Amiga 1200. I never had one. as I never had one yo- when I was younger. I got this later in life, and and but it's always out. It's just sitting next to me. Yep. <laughs> it's mainly because I don't like unhooking everything with all the cables and stuff, putting it away. So I do kind of do a one in one out system anyway but honestly I probably would have like the A1200 out I'd probably sell that because I could get a pretty penny for it and then I'd probably bring in something like um, I don't know I we're, hopefully we'll talk about this in the next episode I, I'd really love a virtual pinball table All right. um, so I'd get something like that or even an all-in-one like stand-up arcade system that's really deluxe has everything the spinner the trackball something like that um but I would probably sell the Amiga twelve hundred because honestly, I could probably get the most money for it right now. I mean, I do have other stuff that's more valuable, but I don't know. It's a hard question to answer because we, you and me, are so locked into podcast mode. I just have all the systems because I, I do, and I hate to say it like this, but it's for research. Like <laughs> I have enjoyable all, research. And a lot of them sit and collect dust for six months. But when when I need it, I pull it out. It's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Working on a one in one system wouldn't work. I'd have to pretend I'm just not, I'm not doing the podcast. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean, the Amiga thing kind of falls into my thing with the Mac, right? Because if I wanted to get rid of one of my Amigas, I still have five other Amigas.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> and they're all that's unique right. Amigas. They're not like copies. They're, you know, a 500, a yep. 1,200, a 600, a 2000, a CD32. Yep. Yeah, don't make us make these decisions. Uh Pajako, you're a horrible a human being. weird existence
1: to only have one system at a time, like own one system at a time. And I think that's what Pajako's real question is. And for the longest time, when I began this whole retro revival about 15 years ago, the only one I had was the Commodore 64. And I I just had that because that was nostalgia, but then I started getting other ones like the Genesis, yep, and the Vic 20, and then it exploded into everything known to man. And that, you know, I, I don't know. It would be a hard thing to sell one, get one, sell one, get one. That would be a pretty weird existence to me.
0: Yep. So I think we agree. That was a terrible question. And we should never have asked it. <laughs> All right. It was a tough, it was
1: a Sophie's <laughs> Choice question. I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> I'm not comfortable. You mentioned pinball. And I, so this, I have no other place to put this. I guess okay. I could have I I put, this, put this into catching up. But I'm very excited, Eric, because next yeah. time you and I hang out, we need to meet in the middle. In Rockland, California. I, okay. recently, I, I I don't know when it opened, but I recently looked and I saw, I was just looking on a map, right, looking at something in Rockland. I noticed out of the corner of my eye, there's a place, it looked like it was written in German. Okay. And it was called. Uh, oh, what? Oh, uh, shit. Rhein- Pretty much that. Uh, let me see yeah. if I can. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> it, okay, no, it's exactly. It is called Das Flipperhaus. Oh. And I'm like the flipper house like that sounds yeah. super pinball there's no way and sure enough it is a small business in a strip mall that has a uh it looks like about 40 pinball machines in a bar and that's it that's what it is that's Fort- great 40 pinball machines in a bar in rockland so that's yes it, that's all i want in life
1: right
0: uh so yeah we're going there that's all i can say about that we're going oh, there.
1: i would love to go there so <laughs> yeah we'll have to book a date here pretty soon because i would love to do it
0: all right so eric yeah i decided things have gotten a little stale with our advertising all right okay
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah okay we we uh we love our show sponsor which we'll talk about here in just a minute uh but you know we kind of we've been doing the same shtick it's funny it's off the cuff you know we do our thing Mm -hmm. uh i think it's time for us to up our game get a little more professional here eric oh
1: okay so you you literally
0: you literally don't know what what we're about to do here and that's fine uh, right. You know, I, I was watching some table reads and stuff on the Internet of, uh, you know, uh, sitcoms and things where they do a table read. And sometimes I'll YouTube it and say, hey, look what a table read feels like. So you're going to do a table read right now of a retro rewind advertisement that I made. OK. All right. So Eric's never seen this before and we're just going to go for it. And you can't. You just got to read it. You just got to. Yeah. It.
1: So I'm going to show you my acting chops.
0: Yeah. So. All right. All right. Anyways. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Uh, this note from our sponsor. Hey, Eric, what you got there?
1: Uh, where are the notes? <laughs>
0: oh, are you not? Oh, hell, <laughs> we're gonna have to redo this part of the show, aren't we? Yeah, Hold I'm on. sorry.
1: I don't. Ha- I don't have my my script here.
0: No, I, I'm trying to share my. Sc- I didn't share my screen.
1: There we go.
0: There all right, you. all okay. right. Now you can see all it. Right, I'm
1: ready, man. This is all good. Right. This is all great. Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> hey, Eric. What you got there? Hi, Cody. You mean this whole thing? Why, it's a Commodore 64 computer from the 1980s.
0: You don't say. That sure is old, and it
1: still works. You bet, thanks in large part to my friends at RetroRewind.ca.
0: RetroRewind.ca, you say?
1: Yes, just as I always say, RetroRewind.ca keeps me in the play all day.
0: Wow, that sounded ridiculous. But what exactly is RetroRewind.ca?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. RetroRewind.ca is the best place you can go for all of your Commodore and Tandy color computer parts and accessories. They have everything from diagnostic tools to capacitor kits, flash carts to load software, and games onto your old computers and upgraded modern tech to upgrade your equipment up the wazoo.
0: Wow, that sounds great. But what exactly is a wazoo?
1: I don't feel comfortable discussing that with a stranger. Hmm,
0: Okay. I'm interested in getting a classic computer of my own. Perhaps one of these Amigas I've been hearing about. Do you think I should get one?
1: Absolutely. They are very cool systems, and there has never been more support to keep them in tip-top shape.
0: So I shouldn't be afraid of it failing on me?
1: No, you silly bitch! Frank and friends at RetroRewind.ca has just what you need to future-proof all Commodore computers, including Amigas, VIC-20s, and even the C16 and Plus 4 computers. But I don't even know where to
0: start when it comes to working with
1: electronics. Don't fret, you young ignorant man. RetroRewind.ca also offers installation services for their accessories, full recap services, and even repairs for your non-working systems.
0: But .ca... Doesn't that mean they're in Canada? That sounds like a pain in the butt.
1: Actually, they do very quick work at very affordable prices. And the shipping back to the States is faster than a prairie fire with a tailwind. For example, right here on the website, it says that they will recap your new Amiga 500 computer for only $48.
0: What? That is stupid. How did they even expect to make money?
1: I honestly don't know. And please, don't insult our show sponsor.
0: Man, it sure sounds like I need to check out what RetroRewind.ca has to offer. I'm going to head over there right now and spend all of my disposable income.
1: Well, hold on just a moment. I can do one better. How about you only spend 90% of your disposable income? Hmm, tell me more. If you log into your account on RetroRewind.ca and enter code PG10 at checkout, Frank will take 10% off your entire order.
0: Well, now I've heard it all. All I have to do is log in and use code PG10 at checkout, and I get a whole freaking 10% off my entire order.
1: Do you have wax in yours? Wait, hold on. Do you have wax in your ears? Yes, PG10 equals 10% off your order, thanks to your pals at the Pixel Guiding Podcast.
0: Wow, thanks, new friend. And I have a whole new world of retro gaming at the tips of my fingers, thanks to RetroRewind.ca and also to you for telling me.
1: Great. Now get off my
0: lawn. If old computers you must play, see RetroRewind.ca.
2: Hey there, it's Tim, and I've got all the information you need about the Pixel Gaiden podcast. If you didn't know already, you can find the show Podbean site by visiting pixelguiden.com from your browser of choice. And while you're on your browser, why not check out our podcast feed on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash amigos podcast. Have you got any questions? Has something we said driven you crazy enough to want to call us out? Or you just want to say hi? We love getting your feedback. So here are the ways you can contact us. You can reach us on the show Twitter account, which is at pixel underscore guiden. You can email us and our address is podcast at pixelguiden.com. And if you want to reach us directly, that's Cody, Eric, or Tim, the best way to get us is through our Discord channel on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. You can get there by becoming a Patreon of our show at $3 or more, and we will get you a link to join the fun. If you want to reach Cody, Eric, or Tim directly, you can get us on the following platforms. You can reach Cody on Twitter or X, and that's at oddball49, that's oddba A one one four nine eric is also on twitter and on mastodon and you can get eric on twitter at the project that's d-u-h-p-r-o-j-e-c-t and at mastodon is at the project at oldbytes.space and tim is on mastodon at Sanxion. that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n at oldbytes.space if you listen to us on apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you'd give us a review and also for any of the other podcast catches that you may use.
0: Here on Pixel Guide, in we like to announce every patron subscriber that subscribes at a three dollar or more level by using our random adjective generator and a little bit of song. And this month we're bringing back the dub.
1: The yeah. ambitious and killer,
0: <laughs> little <blissful> Jason Collins, <laughs> the <laughs> chic Mister Diligent Paul Jacobson. Elegant Rambo Kadramo Kay. And the Black Brian Arsenal. Gregarious David Cavallari. Hardworking Adam from Commonwealth Chronicles. The Johnny Margaret Richardson. check with our friend over the pond. That's right, it's Tea Time with Tim.
2: Hello and welcome to this month's Tea Time with Tim and this month I'm going to talk about two new additions to my collection. So first up is something I made reference to in last month's Catching Up and this is the add-on for the DE10 Nano system uh, which is the multi-system by Heba. Now, if you don't know already, the DE10 is the beating heart, the FPGA system that allows you to run all the cores that is the mister. Now, this board, uh, which is an add-on for the DE10, was developed by Heba in conjunction with... The Retro Collective, which essentially I believe is Neil and the team at RMC. So, a bit of backstory to this: um, Richard from Heba uh, reached out to me on Twitter when I was still using that. Um, he said uh, that he'd heard me talk about uh, getting a D10 Nano um, and wanting to uh, get into the Mister, um, and he very kindly offered me a, a full multi-system uh, setup. Um, at the time, I couldn't find a D10 Nano because that was sort of like during the peak of Brexit and mm-hmm. coronavirus, etc. And that was all um, making the supply of D10 Nanos extremely difficult and the prices went through the roof. Eventually, a couple of months ago, uh, 48K RAM, uh, that's Josh Malone, one of our awesome uh, Patreons, he gave me a heads up that uh, there was a company here in the UK that was um, actually having stock delivered or had stock at that time of the de 10 nanos so i was able to pick one of those up if you're a regular listener to the show uh, episode 109 i did my previous tea time with tim about my uh, experience getting the the mister system up and running with the de 10 nano and that was just really just uh, getting the basics going now at the time i knew i was going to be getting one of these uh, systems the multi systems uh, but didn't have it in my possession and I was so eager to get going with the mister that I eventually bought a few bits and pieces that I didn't really want to have to buy uh, but I just wanted to get it up and going so let's have a quick run through of the multi system so what's the multi-system for i hear you ask well uh, at its heart is the de 10 nano which you have to supply it doesn't come with the de 10 nano so that is what essentially is the mister what the multi system allows you to do is to really kind of consoleize um the de 10 nano so the mister system so it brings all your connectivity into one place so on the multi-system board so for example the multi-system board has Uh, on board 128 meg of ram which you really need to play uh, pretty much all uh, a lot of the cores um, or at least some extra ram should i say and the 128 gives you um, pretty much all the options that you'll need Uh, it also gives you if you're in the kind of like the european region or if you've got uh, the things like the um, retro tink uh, oscc etc etc there's a SCART socket Uh, directly on the board which is really really handy Um, not only that it has lots of usb ports it's got one two three four uh, five six usb ports Um, and there's also another one on the front uh, which is actually what's called the snack port so this allows you to connect up to um adapters, which gives you very, very low latency uh, controllers, so you can plug in things like your Mega Drive controllers, um, joysticks, those sort of things, and they give very, very low latency because normally you need some way to adapt that through uh, so the, uh, the DE10 Nano can see it. Uh, it also does things like passing through uh, the Ethernet cable connection, the HDMI connection on the side, USB. And there's also like a little handy slot where you can put in your SD card. The other thing that it does is it gives you um, digital audio out. So it gives you uh, the SPDIF port, I think it is, Um like I say it's uh, got HDMI on there it's got a 3.5 mil jack on there which will give you sound output Uh, the other thing that it does as well is it gives you a, uh, a a VGA style connector now I don't think it's direct VGA but it gives you the analog output so you've got all the options to bring it out to a VGA monitor uh, the other thing that it does is there is an expansion slot on this, which I know that Heba are developing or have developed some new expansion slots uh, expansion cards that go into there, like little cartridges so I believe they 've um, they 're going to bring uh, a snack adapter out and also a Roland Uh, is it an mt32 module i think it is um so i think they've got one of those to plug into there so the one of the cores that you can use on the mister is the x68000 core um, and that works really well with the Roland module Now, the other thing that Hiba do is, or supply, should I say, um, is 3D printed cases. Now, these aren't your regular sort of like, um, I don't know, basic filament printing. These are high quality cases. Um, I've actually got two cases. I've got this one, which is the black one, which came all completely set up with the board inside it so i didn't have to do any of that so again thank you very much richard and the team at Heba for sorting that out they've also sent me through another case for the mister uh, which is kind of like the the gray style case and i think that matches the amiga color um, and i think there was some some intention behind that so you can run it and make it look a bit more sort of like amiga style um yeah so that's really what the the multi-system is it it really does transform the use of the d10 nano and the mister brings everything into one nice neat board um, with all the possible connections you're going to need um I can't speak highly enough of this product. Uh, it, you know, I was very, very lucky uh, to get one sent to me. So, again, thank you very much, Richard and the team at Heba. It's really, really appreciated. But that being said, whatever happens, I was going to buy one of these anyway. Um, so thank you again very much for sending me um the uh, mi- the multi system board. It's really already has become part of my daily usage uh, for anything kind of like retro. It really does save me a lot of time breaking down systems, reconnecting them back up because I have limited space, um, and this. Gives me the option of running so many computers and consoles and arcade systems all in one place. I can't recommend it highly. This gives you all the right connections that you're going to need. The correct outputs um, and uh, ways to connect up your uh, the video, so you can put it onto different screens. So, like through uh, CRT with the SCART connector, um, CRT and modern displays with the VGA out style output and the HDMI presented on the back. So, yeah, that's the multi-system from Heber, um, and again, you can get that from. Uh, I believe it's the Retro Collective website. Let me just grab that link for you. OK, so that link is shop.retrocollective.co.uk forward slash Mr-MultiSystem. So if you pop over there, you'll see all the wonderful options that you've got for the Mr-MultiSystem so next up is one uh, that the guys, uh, Cody and Eric, were talking about, I think it was on last month's episode, episode 109, uh, where they were talking about they would really like to get hold of one of the either the C64 or the VIC-20 Maxis. Uh, so I don't if you know these or not. Uh, these are by Retro Games Limited. Uh, going back a few years they created the c64 mini uh, and i believe it was off of the back of a kickstarter for the original um, kickstarter for the c64 maxi so i think what happened is they created a kickstarter for the maxi and then on the back of that they eventually created the c64 mini first um, because i think they were having some issues with production or something like that on either the keyboards or the cases for the c64 maxi so they did the mini first now as i was listening to the episode um, i then sent a message to cody and eric saying look guys if you uh, want one of the c64 maxis no problem i can get those here in the uk and then obviously i can ship them over to you guys um so they both said yes because we can't get the vic 20 anymore um it's just not available now so uh, and the c64 maxi also has the vic 20 mode kind of built into it anyway um so it covers both bases in the end i uh, <laughs> ordered three <laughs> c64 maxis because i had serious fomo um i needed to get one of these as well because well it's it's it just had to be done. I just I just had to get one. I've been putting off for a while uh, whether I was going to get the C64 or the VIC-21. Didn't really need it because I've got a million ways to play C64 and VIC-20 stuff. Um, but anyway, it just had to go into the collection. So uh, I went went on to amazon and managed to pick these up for i think it was for about 119 pound each brand new there was a few kicking around on ebay um they'd been opened and all that sort of stuff and they were still trying to get sort of like 85 90 pound for them so i thought it's a no brainer just might as well just uh, get them for 119 pounds delivered free or with my amazon prime anyway so yeah so i managed to pick up um the C64 maxi so when I uh, got the delivery, I took um, one of them out of the box, which is my one. And I was really, really impressed with the quality of the packaging on the C64, um, as it's known, the 64 Maxi is just something we just throw out there. It's actually known as the, 60, the C64. Uh, so the, the packaging looks very much like the original Commodore 64 packaging. Um, if you've ever seen that, it's uh, sort of like Bluey in colour with white graded um, lines on it. Um, There's a picture of the C64 on the front, there's a picture of the joystick, um, and uh, sort of like a little screen with colour bars. Um, It shows that this one has got the full size working keyboard, whereas, obviously, opposed the uh, C64 Mini doesn't have that. Um, They have improved the joystick as well Uh, that's one really good thing to import um to impress on with the c64 is that the joystick is much much improved uh holding the c64 mini even just holding in it hands in your hands was a painful experience um let alone actually the the movement and everything like that on it so that that's a good thing um is they've improved the joystick so looking on the back of the box um it comes with uh, a whole bundle of games um, included in the, uh, the system which is available on what's called like a carousel so it's like a present- presentation front end um, so f- some of the uh, games is uh, Impossible Mission uh, Aridus Alpha Paradroid, Iridium, Boulder Dash, uh, Grid Runner which is a classic from Jeff Minter um, you've also got uh, the C64 and VIC-20 Basic Modes um there's quite a few other games on there actually though i mean there's just highlighting a few there it also comes with um one of the recent games um that was produced for the c64 uh, which is the brilliant shooter which is galencia so that's also included um, with the cost of the price so you get a whole bunch of games with this as well because it's a modern recreation of the C64, uh, the other thing that you can expect with it is obviously being able to hook it up to modern screens. So on the back, uh, you have an HDMI connector. Um, so this allows you to connect it up to any modern displays. So the C64 is uh, the bread box or bread bin style casing, uh, so which is the, the beige uh, color um c64 it's uh the keys look uh, very very nice uh, very obviously faithfully recreated um to the commodore 64 style um the one thing you notice about the keyboard is is obviously it's a modern creation doesn't quite have that same feel um i'm here pressing the keys at the moment it doesn't quite have that same feel as the the normal c64 computer uh keyboard i guess you know that's one people could say maybe it feels a bit better but to me it obviously feels a bit, little bit alien um, but it's nice that it's a fully working keyboard and you can, you know you can do your basic or assembly la- language programs directly straight on the c64 on the side on the right hand side uh, we have three USB ports and a power button of sorts Um, I think it's really more of an on button doesn't really turn the system off I've tried it and held it down for a while doesn't seem to really turn the system off you can do a shutdown from the carousel menu um, so you can turn it off or just yank the power from the back I guess Um, on the back there is one USB port Um, I would imagine you probably use that one um, for putting In your USB stick because this does also give you the option of loading PRG. D64, D81 files. um, And you can even use tap files. Yes, you can. (laughs) If you really want the full Commodore 64 European or British experience, you can sit there and wait and watch a tap file load. Yes, a tape file. You can load a cassette file um, if you really want to. And yes, of course, I love my tape files. So I've actually done that. Um, mostly for the loading music on a, on a game. I know there's a million ways that you can do it. Um, but I just like that experience. That's just me. That's my personal preference. So let's talk real quick about the joystick that's included with the 60 C 64, um, If you've got a C64 Mini, uh, it looks very much the same. It's kind of a competition pro style look to the joystick, um, which I don't mind. I obviously prefer the zip stick myself, um, but the meh it's just just how it is maybe they took this original molding from the uh original recreation that you may not know is out there which is the d64 uh which was designed by jerry ellsworth um and inside it literally was a fully working commodore 64 inside the joystick and the uh pal versions i think it was um you could actually open them up and use them directly as a Commodore 64. Um, Some people even sort of like got lines out to them to connect up a keyboard and all that sort of stuff and use them properly. The NTSC version was slightly different, I think, and didn't really allow you to do that. It's a bit more locked down. Anyway... Uh, the joystick for the C64, uh, it's got two traditional fire buttons uh, on the left and right-hand side. So you can hear those there. They're quite nice, quite responsive. Um, it's got two buttons on the left and right on the just below the stick of the joystick. Um, and that's um, used for uh, functions on the uh, menu system, I think. Um, and then on the uh, base of the on, on the top of the joystick um, you've got uh, one two three four selector buttons um, the one on the far right right hand side is generally used to get in and out of the menus and that sort of thing so there's like a little uh, a burger symbol on there um, if you're familiar with that computer term which is three three lines um and that generally takes you through to the menus um it's got a usb connector on there um i haven't tried this on other systems but i would probably say that you can just plug this into a pc or maybe even into the mister um, and use this as a joystick as well in the box it comes with an hdmi cable and a uh, usb to micro usb uh, cable It doesn't come with the sort of like power adapter but then you've probably got a million different ways of um, connecting this up uh, just to drive it with a five volt uh, usb connection to power it i must admit i've not had too long uh using the c64 um it's how it seems to me on first glance. Is it's okay through the carousel, and you can load up the games and all that for the C sixty four side. But it seems really clumsy at the moment. How I get into the Vic twenty side of things, uh, I think I need a little bit more time and possibly even to update the firmware. So I do apologise uh, to retro games if you've sorted this out for the uh, for the later firmware. I haven't got round to loading that up yet. Um, But it does seem really clunky getting into the VIC-20 side of things and it doesn't seem to save my settings at the moment either so I haven't really worked that out but uh, I'll I'll probably um, need just a little bit more time to just get going on it Uh, because it does seem like you can boot into the VIC-20 mode. but only through to the basic screen. And there doesn't seem to be a way to configure the VIC-20 memory modes. Again, this may just be me. I'll caveat that again. I haven't had enough time with it, perhaps. Or perhaps I'm right and... It just doesn't have those particular features, which is a real shame, because obviously, if you don't know, um, the VIC-20 has different memory modes that you need to select for playing certain games. Some of them require 8K or 16K or even 32K of RAM. Uh, So if there's no way of selecting that, I don't really know how I'm going to get some of those games working. Anyway, that's enough for now for this episode of Tea Time with Tim. I've gone on long enough about these two things. Um, I'll probably update a bit more in catching up in the next couple of months on these two devices. Uh, But for now, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.
1: This month on Eric's Take, I wanted to cover my favorite games for each system that I grew up with or had in my early adult life. Uh, These are going to be the favorite games at the time, so not now, since I have all of these systems now, but I'm talking about back in the day when I had these, what were my top games on each system. So I thought this would just be a fun little idea, and I've spent the week kind of thinking of all the games I played on all the various systems I had as a kid, and this is the list I came up with. So I'm going to talk briefly about the game, what it is. I'm not going to go into dry statistics on every game or anything. I'm just going to tell you what it is, my memories of it, you know, playing playing it myself or playing with friends, and uh, maybe I'll just throw out a runner-up. Uh, but I'm not going to talk too much about the runner-ups just to save on some time. So with that said, let's begin. So the first system uh, with interchangeable games um, that I had was my Commodore VIC-20. Um, and my favorite game on that one was Omega Race. So if you're not familiar with Omega Race, it's kind of like an asteroid-style game where you're flying a ship around and you rotate the ship left and right kind of spin it around and you thrust to move out of the way of objects there are things flying around the screen that you can collide with um the the unusual thing about omega race is it has a big square right in the middle of the play field uh that contains your score and and stuff like that but you bounce off of the walls so you it almost is like if you picture a room with a big block in the middle and kind of hallways all around it. And that's the play area for Omega Race. Um, I remember getting this cartridge because I don't remember a ton of uh, particular gameplay games and gameplay on my VIC-20 because it was just so long ago. Um, but I remember getting the cartridge and... Just thinking for the VIC-20, how amazing the graphics looked. And the graphics in Omega Race are uh, vector-style graphics. Um, So it's really just a a monochrome game, black and white. Uh, And you go around, you shoot things, and you avoid obstacles. Uh, And and when you clear all the enemies, you go to the next level. Um, Very simple game. And I later found out, I didn't know this at the time because I had never seen it uh, in the arcade, but it was an arcade game. And I had I didn't know that, and I've never seen I've seen them since, I've seen an Omega Race in an arcade since, but I never saw one as a kid growing up. So anyway, that's my favorite game. I would say the runner-up is Gorf because uh, I had the Gorf cartridge. Um, Gorf was a shoot 'em up, but again, one of the best graphics uh, for the VIC twenty. So a little while later i only had the vic 20 maybe 2 years um and then i worked hard and i got a commodore 64 and i talk a lot about the commodore 64 so i'll try to keep my thoughts on this pretty brief but the and and i had thousands of games on a commodore 64 uh because i was a dirty pirate uh just had shoe boxes filled with discs. Um, but my favorite game was one I bought, um, and that was Ultima 4. IV. And I've talked a lot about Ultima 4 on the show over the over the years, so I'm not going to go too far into it. It is an RPG. Um, it's, you're in an overland map area, and then when you go into towns, it kind of zooms in. I remember it was on four discs, which was pretty crazy for the time. Um, the box came with a cloth map, and um, an onk, which is the symbol in the game. It's like an onk is like a thing. It almost looks like a cross you wear around your neck. Um, There was one of those in the box. It came with two big, thick manuals. One was uh, the storybook, and one was the manual. Um, Loved everything about this game, and it was worth every dime buying it. And later, probably a few years ago, well, now when I think about it, uh, it's probably several years ago, I repurchased it in the box just for nostalgia's sake and uh, love the feelies that are in that. Um, I have so many memories of Ultima 4, though, of playing it. I I had two very good friends back in that time era, and they both had Commodore 64s and they both had Ultima 4. And we would go to each other's house and we would take turns. It's a one-player game, but we would take turns at the console taking our notes and watching each other play and getting through it. And if, as far as I can remember, all three of us beat that game on each other's um, Commodore 64. So it just an amazing memories. Probably if I had to think of my whole lifetime of gaming, that would be the one game I wouldn't say it was, maybe it was my favorite game of all time, but it was, I don't know how to explain it. The one that, I was so into at the time. Like I I I went to bed thinking about Ultima Four. I woke up thinking about Ultima Four. I went to school thinking about Ultima Four. Um That just su- such an awesome game. So and picking a runner up is really tough. Probably the toughest on on this list, honestly. Um it would have to be a toss up between Paradroid, uh, which is a maze style game where you're trying to clear a ship and every level is is a level of a spaceship and you are a droid and you're trying to uh, remove all the enemy droids on every level. And you could do that in two ways, taking over a droid or destroying a droid. And you basically go level to level trying to clear an entire ship. And then when you do that, you go to the next ship uh, and it's a little harder um, that game. And then also uh gunship, which is another game like Ultima four that I spent a lot of time playing with friends um, switching back and forth. I loved the feelies. I bought that game. I didn't buy Paradroid. I never saw that for sale here, but gunship I did see for sale, um, and bought it and loved the manual. I would take that to school and read it all the time. Um, and just, I loved that game. And honestly, I mean, playing it now, I've tried playing it now and it, in my brain is just not calibrated for that speed of game anymore. I mean, it literally is like about a frame per second, uh, maybe two frames per second or something. It 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 It's brutal to try to play it now. Um, so again, these are favorites at the time. But anyway, those are my two runner-ups for C64. Uh, sometime around the same time with the Commodore 64, my family got the Atari 5200. And that was kind of our first... Home game console that had you know replaceable cartridges and stuff like that, and my favorite game on that machine was River Raid. I had River Raid on my Commodore 64, but I loved playing it on my Atari 5200. Again, I've talked about this on the show a lot. I did get the little Activision patch where when you get a specific score, you send a photograph of the screen, the high score, and they mail you a patch back. And I had that patch forever. I think I had my mom sewing on a hat of mine. Um, I love the game River Raid. I always have. I still pick up and play that game all the time on the C64. Um, I played that with friends. I played that alone. Just a fantastic game. Uh, The second game, though, is pretty easy, and it's really close. Uh, We had Joust, and I would play... The the best memory I have of Joust is, besides playing it in the arcade, was I would play that with my sister, all the time and we would sometimes cooperate and we would sometimes battle it out and I love that element about joust is you can you can play like cooperative for a little while and then when you start getting bored you can just start playing against each other or whatever but my sister and I had so much fun with joust it was a great game um, somewhere right after that I got the I think it, I got the game boy and um, this is going to be the easiest one for me to pick because I only had three games um, I only had three games for the Game Boy. One was Tetris, and that is my favorite game. That was the pack title, So luckily, that was the. Game, but I played, I played that, and I love the music. The music is so burned into my brain right now from that version, and it's just traveled through the years up to modern me, and I still have that music burned into my brain. Um, so. That would be my favorite, and then the second one. I remember. I don't even remember the third. I only had three cartridges. I don't remember the third one, but the second one was Elevator Action, and I did enjoy the version of Elevator Action for the Game Boy. Um, it's where you're running with a guy, and you go up and down elevators, and you shoot people, and you try to get these secret files, and then you leave the building, go to the next building. Um, but it's a fun game, and it's a great, it's a solid version on the Game Boy. Um, The next game, uh, the next system I had was the Super Nintendo, and I I got that system well after I moved out of my house. Um, There wasn't a lot of uh, gaming in there um, in between me moving out, because long story short, I struggled after I moved out and lived pretty leanly leanly for a long time, but uh, the next system I got was the Super Nintendo, and... My favorite game by that on that one by far was Street Fighter II. That was when Street Fighter II was big in the arcades. Um, it was a phenomenon around my neighborhood, around my group of friends. Uh, we loved that game. Uh, I still love it to this day, still play it all the time. Uh, my gameplay with Street Fighter 2 is a little unusual because I don't like usually people will pick Ken Ryu or Chun Li because I think it's not a secret that most people think those are the best characters in the game. Um, and I, and I when I watch a lot of tournaments uh, those are the always the characters that are used um, and I'm talking about Street Fighter 2 championship edition um, I always picked one of two either Blanca or um, e Honda which was the big samurai or a sumo wrestler guy Um I love Blanca. Play that's still my main guy that I play all the time. When I'm playing someone very very good at Street Fighter II, it is very difficult to beat like a Ryu or Ken with someone who really knows what they're doing. But um, in in casual play, I can I can I I, I, you can usually pull out good wins with Blanca. Um, The second one I've covered just recently on the show, so I'm not going to go into it. But my runner up for that one is Super Bomberman Two. I've used to play that with really just. It wasn't a solo game as much as I played with a lot of friends at the time and and uh, have great memories using the multi-tap with the SNES. Um, the next console I got was the PS1. Um, my favorite game on there is Twisted Metal 2. And in fact, uh, when we uh, cover uh, Catching Up, I'm going to talk about how I beat this game once again. I beat this game so many times over the years. Um, I've seen... I I usually play Warthog which is like the little Humvee um and I've seen that ending so many times it, the ending of Twisted Metal is uh like Twisted Metal 2 is Calypso the guy who runs the tournament uh grants you a wish and uh so all the endings of all the characters are like what they wish for after they beat the tournament and there's kind of like this these kind of stylized cutscenes that show the ending, so they're all pretty cool. But with that said, I've I've I beat it many times, but I've only beat it with maybe three characters. So uh, I still should go back and try to beat it with every character. But I do have my favorites, and that's what I enjoy. Another weird thing about Twisted Metal Two for me is that I don't. My favorite mode of playing isn't the tournament mode, which is the 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 main mode. I like doing the challenge mode, which you just pick what enemies you want to play against and how many, and then you get, you pick your arena and you just battle it out and you see how many victories you can get. Uh, I, that's my comfort food style gaming. Like I just love picking challenge mode, picking players and, and, uh, just having at it and not worrying about the tournament so much. Uh, so that's my favorite mode of playing the runner up for sure is Tony Hawk pro skater Two. love that game on PS one. Uh, PS1. uh It really defined my gaming for several years because I would always buy skating games after that. Uh, Loved that game so much. Um, The next uh, console I got was the PS2. And that one, uh, my favorite game for sure is Burnout 3 Takedown. Uh, Maybe about a year ago on the show, I talked about how I played through that again and beat it. Uh, Love Burnout 3 Takedown. One of the best arcade racing style games. Uh, it's worth playing right now. Uh, it, it it is so good. I love it. I miss Burnout games. They were all really good. So um, the runner up for me would be Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, Grand Theft Auto. I I do enjoy those games, and over the years I've pretty much purchased every one that has come out. Um, I liked Vice City because it was made in the '80s. I love turning on the little radio in the car and listening to '80s tunes and driving around the town. I uh, thought it, that was a fantastic game. Um, and then the last co- machine I'm going to cover, and I'm not even going to do a runner-up because uh, this is kind of a newer console, so I don't really want to get into it too much, but it was Xbox 360, and I've covered that a lot in the last couple of episodes. Uh, I think my favorite game on there by far is Rock Band because it, me and my family... Played that together. So, my son, my daughter, my wife, uh, all of our friends would come over and we would play rock band. And we would have nights where we would just swap in and out different bands of different players. Like, you know, it'd be me and my wife and my my kids. And then, you know, friends of ours would step in and play. And, you know, we would just keep swapping in different players. And uh, every time, so the way rock band worked is you had all the instruments and you would play different songs and you would try to achieve higher scores based on how accurately you played, but um, they, every week or two, I don't remember, I might've been every two weeks, they would release a music pack and they would be like, I don't i do even remember how many songs in each pack, but I remember just getting every pack that came out. I didn't even care if I liked the songs or not because it just, it like karaoke, it just kind of increased your library so that when, people came over to play, they would have more songs to choose from, maybe they liked those songs. So I I think I bought like every music pack that they ever came out with on the original rock band and loved that game so much. And I still have the instruments, although I haven't played, I tr- haven't tried the game out and see if any of, any of them still work or not, but they're all in my garage. Um, anyway, that's it for my list. Uh, it fun taking a tour of, kind of a memory tour of my favorite games at the time when I had these. Um, I appreciate you listening and I will talk to you next month. Thank you. All
0: right, Eric, we are back and we have the beers. We do. I am enjoying today a beer that Becca found and is actually quite good from the local grocery outlet. Now, yes,
1: AleSmith's a good one. Their brown ale is delicious.
0: I've never had an ale smith, but she bought a few from this brewery. Good. And it was like six beers for seven bucks.
1: That's what
0: I know. That's fantastic. So I had, uh, I, we had, uh, to go back and get a whole bunch more.
1: Where? So, so that, that brewery is near you up there.
0: No, this one's in San Diego as well. There's a lot of good oh, beer. In San Diego.
1: So you just went somewhere and saw them there. Okay. The grocery fantastic.
0: outlet. Yeah. The grocery outlet, man. It's for discount groceries.
1: Uh, um, man, I, Cause I, their, their brown ale is like in a, Brown and yellow can and okay. i i every winter I get a ton of their brown ales
0: well, you should be glad that uh we didn't meet up to exchange beers because I would have given you one of these to try with me. It is called cloud stream okay, and it is a hazy i p a my favorites, so that's what i'm sipping on
1: it's it's a it's a dark day when your when your stream is cloudy mm-hmm.
0: ooh that's dangerous you know dangerous, yes. Get some water in you, my friend.
1: So I was... Uh, I There's a new place in El Grove. I don't know if you heard about it. It's a new tap house called Prost.
0: Uh, that sounds familiar, but no. I'm going to say no. I have not heard about that yet. It's called
1: Prost. It's a little uh, German restaurant and tap house. And they have about... I think it's about 20 German beers on tap. All German. Yes. So, it's fantastic. We went and tried it out. It was packed to the gills. It took us an hour to get a seat.
0: Oh yep, El uh, Grove.
1: Yep. Saw, so, but man, I had I had the sausage plate with the, these potatoes, and it was fantastic.
0: I'm gonna have to I go had, to that.
1: I think I had four different German beers, and so to keep that alive, I went with the V. Hainstephanner Hellas.
0: There you go. Yeah, Hellas is a lager.
1: Yep. So the world, and it says the world's oldest brewery brewed in Bavaria, Germany since 1040. So we
0: had that. We had that beer. Yeah. Yes, I've had it. uh, So I can actually, I can help rate that one with you. Please, please. Have you you tried that one yet?
1: I I have not tried it yet.
0: Okay. Okay. In fact,
1: I wanted you to, I want to say this. I always buy an extra beer for you just in case. Ah, yeah. We run into each other and it's okay if we don't, but there was one of these... Waiting for you here. I think we just
0: just need to go out there and get like 10 beers doubles of each so we can like make sure we just have them hide them in the back of the fridge and every episode will already have the beers.
1: That would be perfect. All right, man. Perfect. Ready to cheers this?
0: Uh, Yes. Uh, Cheers, my friend.
1: Let's do this. Mm. I'm drinking mine in my Doug mug from Tenmark. Doug mug.
0: Mm -hmm, This is good. Yes. Mm. Wow. So I'm going to review re- re- I've already had this beer a few times, so I'll review okay. it. Okay. It is an easy drinking hazy is what I'm going to put out even though it is 6.9%. Yeah. Um it's, you can tell it's it's got that sugary sweet hazy thing going on. Yeah. Um but it's very one-sided. it's just kind of got that and it goes yeah. down cold and easy. I don't know. It is thick. It's got a mouthfeel.
1: T H I C C.
0: It is. <laughs> two C's. That's how thick it is. Alright. But I enjoy it. I'm not gonna go further than that. All right. How is your how's your beer tasting?
1: It's 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 great. It's uh, I mean it tastes like a lager, but it's got almost a creamy texture to it. So I mean, it's not flat. Or crisp Like I like Asahi and it's very crisp. Um, it's it's neither of those. It actually tastes like it has a creamy texture to it, even though it's a lager. So it's very odd. The creamy part doesn't give it flavor. It still tastes like a lager. But it's got a little bit of a sweetness to it. And it's, yes. it, it has a little, it's got a creamy mouthfeel. <laughs> mm. So creamy
0: when we had that... We had been going all over Germany, and this was only a few months ago at this point, but... Yeah. Driving all kinds of, you know, they have lagers, they have pilsners, and if you're lucky, they have a, a Dunkel, which is a dark beer. I mean, that's what Germany has. They have lagers and pilsners. Yeah. And one of the last beers we had before we went back to the airport was that one. Okay. Because um, it was the beer of that particular town. And uh, I don't know if the fact that they said this is the oldest brewery in the world got stuck in my head. Yeah. The beer... It was good, but okay. it tasted old. <laughs> really? Um, so it was, yeah, like you said, it was like a lager, but without the crispness. So if you want to call it kind of a flat lager. Sure, sure. I, it, I'd say that, yeah. And to me, that sweetness, at least at the time, to me, almost tasted, almost...
2: Must um, <laughs> musty, not, as, not, yes.
1: Like, a, yeah, I was going like to say, like, like,
0: yeah. like silage, like, um, like a barn. Yeah. Like a, like a horse barn. Oh, interesting. It tasted, yeah. And, like overall, the beer was good, but that was kind of there's like the off putting like overtone. Okay, that's how I took it. So, anyways, yeah. there you go.
1: So, I got a rating system. Let's just rate this alphabetically: A being the worst, to Z being the best.
0: Okay, um, if I was Sesame Street, yeah, Z being the best,
1: Z is the best. I'm gonna go okay. A is zero and Z 24, really, if you want to put it. I'm gonna on.
0: give I'm gonna rate both beers because I had that one. I'm gonna give this one oh man you have to make me count here it's like the the drunk driving thing where you have to sp- like read backwards from Z exactly um, I'm gonna give this a solid tea
1: a tea oh so that's pretty yeah. good
0: that's pretty good oh, I, it's very good it's not amazing but for yeah the, especially for the price we got it for but it's just an easy drinking all day hazy except I say all day you'd get for schnookerd, it's point nine percent. Okay. Now I'm gonna go to your beer. Yeah. It's a lager with that weird barnyard taste, sweet silage thing going on, a little flat. It was probably yeah. my least favorite beer I had in Germany to be honest with really? you. Really? So that I'm gonna give
1: good. it I like it. Go
0: ahead. So I'm gonna give it an L.
1: No, that's not, that, you, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I actually was literally thinking M for musty, like M, M for, is there you
0: go. I'll actually, I'll join you on M for musty,
1: M for musty, but I, I, it's refreshing, I actually, I would drink this again, that's a good, It's yeah. pretty decent, so.
0: I'd drink well, it, I just wouldn't order it if there was something else on tap. Three, there are nice. three bats. Prost. Prost, my friend.
1: Oh, that was uh, it. Was cool when we when we went to Prost the restaurant here in Elk Grove. Uh, yeah, they have community seating, so like you sit down at a bench and there's other families right next to you or other yeah. groups. and like it was cool. We sat down and there was this group next to us, and we just started cheersing each other, Prost, and like cool t- talking with them. It was a really neat like little community thing. So pretty
0: nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, time for the news. Reporting the news all right first news item is from mr tim eric how about you be tim for this one
1: i will i will all right tim oh and this is a good one because i i I was gonna bring this up too and we brought this up on the show in the past when it was in its early planning stages so tim says sam's journey from the wonderful people at nights of bites Sticks it, takes a it step closer to coming to you on the NES, or I shouldn't say NES, Nintendo Entertainment <laughs> How System.
0: How European is that? Called the NES.
1: Yeah, exactly. Pre-orders are now open on the Polyplay website. A disappointment that at the moment, there is no USA distribution announced yet. However, you can pre-order for the sum of 60 euros for the NES, and they are also doing a Famicom version. Oh, that would be cool. I'd get a Famicom cartridge. That would yeah. be pretty neat. There's also the ultimate edition for 180 euros. Ultimate um, edition. That's one game, Cody, I want to go back and try to finish on the Commodore 64, Sam's Journey. I got maybe halfway through it. It's fantastic and it's perfect for the Nintendo. It would be a perfect game. In fact, if, 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 if I don't, I'm not going to pre-order this, but if it did come out soon, I'd probably buy it on the Nintendo and try to beat it on the Nintendo.
0: Okay. I have yet to play it to this day. It's still on my bucket list. No, I, no excuse.
1: This is a game where, a rare game, because on the C- C64, you play most of your games with a joystick. This yep. game could really benefit from the NES pad. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. So I, I read about this a long time ago, and I knew that it was coming, but I, I don't want to pre order anything anymore, so I'm going to wait until this comes out, but I'll probably get it.
0: You and me both. And you can actually get a NES controller that is a Sam's Journey-specific NES controller with a picture of Sam on it. Look at that. Cute little guy.
1: That is pretty neat. Yeah. It is a fantastic game. I mean, we've talked about it before on the show. It's a great game. So. Sure. All right, Cody. Speaking of great games.
0: Speaking of great games. Now, this is going to take me a while. I'll, I'll be up front. But the That's Evercade fine. announced and then had... It's Evercade Showcase in the amount of time since our last recording. Now, the first showcase we did talk about last uh, episode was Volume 1. And there were some games released, some of them pretty cool, Um, but a lot of compilations of games, you know, stuff. I think some of it was from Pico. Um, There was a Sydney Hunter collection we were excited about. I actually did pre-order that. Uh, That being said, I was excited for this one, which did come out, the Indie Showcase, the Indie Special, uh, yeah, called Evercade Showcase Volume Two, and uh, yeah, I am very excited about all these games. It was everything I wanted it to be, and and, and more. Um, I've always talked about the Evercade, and the main reason I wanted it was to have uh, modern, you know, indie games for old systems on a cartridge, right? Yeah, on physical games, not just to support the developers, but I would love to have you know a reasonably priced game that I didn't have to pre-order. Uh, came on a cartridge, and it has new games for old systems. And that's what this is. Uh, so the Indie... Cl- uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Showcase came out. And I'm just kind of watching the video here as we talk. But the first one that they released, or they talk about here, is uh, Unexpected. And uh, I was very excited to hear about it. And they're calling it the... Let's see, wait, the, number's gonna, the name's going to pop up here right now. Uh, Home Computer Heroes Collection. So what this is is a bunch of games that released on 8- and 16-bit computers recently. So they're they're modern games. There's seven games on here. Um, I'm trying to... I'm sure you're familiar with this, right, Eric? This isn't news to you at this point?
1: No, I think this is pretty new to me.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so I'll play it again here. But there's seven games on here. Uh, Two of the games, Attack of the Pesky Robots. Yeah. And... um, I'm trying to remember the name of the other one. There's Bridge Strike. That's an Amiga game.
1: This that, is, I, I played that game all the time on my Amiga. It's yep. great. Great. This, this is
0: uh, Citadel Remastered. The original maker of the Citadel game on the Amiga remastered the game and added things to it. Uh, Farm Simulator, the, the Commodore 64 version of Farm Simulator, uh, yeah. is, is added to this as well. Um, this is... There it is right there. It's Interesting. Uh, this game is called Planet X2. That game and the Attack of the Petsky Robots is, uh, they're both games from, oh, what's that guy, that YouTuber's name? 8-Bit Guy. 8-Bit Guy, thank you. Those are yep. both his games. Uh, the same people that make Bridge Strike made this game, Tanks Fury, which I know you and I both played some of that when it first came out on the Amiga. And then there was one more game, and it's the Sword of Iana, which was an MSX2 game. So oh, we've wow. got all kinds of stuff on here. And yes, i am I'm buying this. I want this.
1: Yeah, I think I'll get this too. That looks looks really good.
0: It's it's uh, you know a hard cartridge version of a bunch of games that have been released recently. It is the fifth line or fifth um, release in their line of retro computer releases. So it's got that light blue color to the to the cartridge. Uh, So that is the first release I was very excited about. How do you feel about indie computer collections?
1: I yeah, I want to buy this. Uh, I have a couple of these games. One of the one by 8 bit guy, I think it was, what is it called? Project X or something X two. X2. X2. Yeah. I bought that a long time ago and I played it for a little bit and kind of shelved it to move on to something else, but it would be neat to have it in cartridge format. Cause I have it on literally on floppy disk format right now. Um, so that would be great. But well, that I, every one of these games looks pretty interesting. So I definitely am in on this.
0: Very cool. Yep. Um, so one of their big ones here was a couple a uh, couple games released at the same time here, and uh, this is part of their red cartridge line, which um, let's see here we go means uh, they are console games. However, these are again indie games that exactly fit what I want to buy. One of the cartridges includes Good Boy Galaxy, this really cool uh, Game Boy Advance game. They never say what system it's on, but it was Game Boy Advance. And this game, Witch and Liz, which is like a puzzle platformer. I believe that was either Genesis I say
1: I it was played, a Genesis game. i played that game, so I must. And Demons of Astorborgum have that game oh, too. Oh, you, yeah.
0: you jumped the gun on me, Eric. But I did. Yeah, I did.
1: <laughs> but this
0: game looks super cool with this dog. It's an RP or a side scrolling running gun, and then kind of a puzzle push platformer. Um, and then two games that were released on the Genesis, which is demons of Astaborg, uh, yep. is being bundled as a, a you know, a, a dual game along with the other game that that company, uh, recently came out with, which is I'm trying to remember the name of it here. It's hard to read, hard to see on here on this video. Let me, let me make it larger here. Come on, get bigger it's not going to get bigger for me. uh Bros is what it was called. And oh. and both of those games are included on there, which I would buy either one of those for for the full price of $20. Uh, in fact, I might have bought Demons of Astorborg and never played it yet, but I'm going to play it on this thing. Yeah. Um, so there you go. We've got two new collections of games with two games each, kind of to go along with uh one of my favorite releases, um the one with um I always forget the name of the space shooter I, I fell in love with, my favorite cartridge. And mm. then also um, the most recent one with Cathedral on it, Cathedral and Always Revenge. Yeah. Always Awakening. Uh, so they're coming out with carts that are exactly what I hoped they would be. So I'm very excited about this. And we're not done yet there, Eric, because uh they're also going to come out with uh they agreed to come out with more of their indie heroes collections they we already have indie heroes one and two out so indie heroes three will be released at the end of this year um and that's going to include all the little hidden games they've had monthly that you can play monthly on your evercade Mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to put them all on a cartridge at the end of the year um and then but wait there's more and this is really cool they have a game that is actually not released it wasn't uh, coded on any other system this was actually made for the evercades hardware it's, it's designed for the evercades hard, hardware and it is a kind of cyberpunk futuristic sci-fi um kind of i'm gonna call it a point and click game but it's not there's no mouse it's a uh, action adventure um story driven game with really cool 8-bit graphics uh, maybe call it 16-bit graphics called full void and it's the first cart uh, that I think they've released with only one game on it. Oh, and okay. So this yeah. is, so you can buy it for the normal price of $19.99. But, uh, and I have mixed feelings on this. I'll be honest. Um, Full Void is coming out in a special edition cartridge as well. And what's cool about that one is it's $29.99, but includes like feelies and stuff like art books and stickers and stuff inside the actual. Uh, there you go. This is the special version there. Uh, I think it's like a comic. Um, but they're up in their game. I think the cartridge is a different color because it's special. It's blue. Uh, now, the part, that, everything I love about that, you know, you can buy the $20 version, you can buy a $30 version and get all the extra goodies. And then it gets sort of that uh, the outer um, border. So yeah. the whole game is one big picture and it looks great. Uh, the problem is it's special edition, uh, pre order only. Once they run out, they run out. And most people are already out.
1: Wow, really?
0: Yeah. Not stoked about that. Um, Uh That's kind of that limited run thing. And it's kind of the whole reason I fell in love with the Evercade is I want to be able to buy the games I want when I want them because they're available. And I get all these indie games. And now it's kind of becoming, uh, I'm afraid of this going down the rabbit hole of becoming a limited run kind of thing. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's interesting The the exclusive one's not that much more expensive. So I imagine there's going to be a huge run on it.
0: I mean, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I've been looking for it. They're pretty much all gone. Um, and most, and I don't think a single retailer in the United States was able to offer it.
1: Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah.
0: You can can buy the standard version though. At least they're not keeping you from buying a physical game, uh, just a special version. So yeah. Okay. There you go. A whole bunch of cool indie stuff.
1: Yep. So I'm going to jump in here and say my audio was poorer than usual earlier. <laughs> for some reason, the tool that we use to record the show um, switched mics on the system I'm using and was using my webcam mic instead of my professional mic. So I am back on the pro mic, but uh, hopefully the other audio doesn't sound too bad.
0: I think you sound beautiful no matter what, oh, Tim. Thank you. I mean, I, Eric. Ooh, ooh.
1: Squiggle lines, and they were strong, <laughs> uh, so I just assumed that it was okay. I, th- I think it's listenable. It's just not. It's not the high quality that we used to on the Pixel Guide podcast. You know,
0: our Patreon supporters provide for a quality show, and I think That's we right. let them down so far. So let's go ahead and double time this. Uh, next one's from Tim. Go ahead and read that one for us, Tim.
1: Yep. So Tim says, "Our show friend and retro game." Maker legend Juan J. Martinez has done it again. This time, Juan is delighting us with a fantastic little platformer for DOS, which is kind of cool. Very yes, cool. that's right. A DOS game. The game is Gold Mine Run. It's heavily influenced by Night Night on the MSX. A great game. Yep. Another game by Juan. But that's no bad thing, as that's also a great game. Check it out on, on Juan's website. If you do go download it and play it, throw him a few bucks uh, on his Kofi site. He does not... Do it for the money, but it helps to show appreciation for his continued efforts making games. For us, mere game playing mortals that can't code for Toffees. That's a English thing.
0: Must be very British.
1: Yep. It's a it's a Bobby Dazzler. Also a good name for Juan's next game, which I agree with. We should all be characters in that next game. Ooh, I like that. Um, Bobby Dazzler. Yep. And there I'm- is a, um there'll be a link in our show notes so go check out the game it looks fantastic.
0: Yeah I haven't seen this yet. It does have some um night night vibes to it with the the platforms and uh but yeah it's this like miner underground theme with like uh you know gold prospectors and snakes very um yeah very american westy I guess. Um yep Gold Mine Run there it is Minimal requirements 4 or 386 how to play now, this is one, Eric, I will have to say, and it's got keyboard controls, very DOS. Yes. Um, this is one that I have to admit. Uh, oh, you can still play it in DOS box. I was going to say, I don't have a classic 386 way to play DOS games. So yeah. I've always wanted to, to do that. But
1: Yeah, throw together the thing. I'm lucky in that the Mr. does it very well. So um, I can throw this on the Mr. and play it with no problem. Um, and then another great platform is called Exodos. Um, that you can get on your PC. Um, It's a nice front end for DOS games that looks kind of like Steam, but it's all DOS games that you have installed locally. Nice. Uh,
0: Tim's got another one for you to read.
1: Okay. Wow. (laughs) Sonic fans want to raise $4,000 to preserve insanely rare Sega Sonic arcade game. Sega Sonic the Hedgehog is one of the Blue Blur's lesser known adventures released in Japan in 93. It was never been released on any home system, nor has it been included in any of Sonic's many respective collections. And there's a link in the show notes um, that takes you to it. I haven't heard of this one before.
0: Takes you to time extension. Uh, Yeah, I don't know a ton about this, but yeah, it looks um, maybe 16-bit era arcade. Like, when the 16-bits were out, this might have been an arcade game, if I were to guess. Just by looking at, yeah, 1993, right? He said that. Yep. Um, Yeah, I don't know a ton about it. It's a Japanese release.
1: I do want to say this. I'm going to Check say this about that. Okay. $4,000, to what are we doing? I mean, are we just going to somebody to dump the ROMs on the arcade so that it can run in MAME or something? Or uh, it, it seems like $4,000 is a lot of money for that.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure I didn't read it. Um, so all I can do is is make comments on what I've seen in the past. Yeah. Uh, there's been people who um, are game preservation groups that, Pulled their money to gain it together to buy like an arcade ROM or a board or something that was out in the wild. Someone put on eBay and they didn't want it to end up in a collector's hands. That was going to like hoard it. So they put their money together and spent maybe $4,000 on getting the hardware so they could dump it and make it free to the public. Yeah. And it's kind of like a donation thing. Like, hey, if everyone throws in a few bucks, we get our money back and uh, the whole com- community wins kind of a thing. I don't know.
1: I could get behind that. That's, uh, that's Noble AF, as the case.
0: Noble say. After Force. I think that's <laughs> exactly. a game.
1: Uh,
0: I've got one here, a couple A couple uh, interesting ones. This one is also from timeextension.com. I do you love that news site? Uh, it's kind of bizarre, but Capcom Arcade Classic 1942 just got a stylish 349-pound watch, if you want to call that a, a $500 watch. Hmm. And it just shows how retro is in this is a um what brand is this thing uh av8 av-8 it's the uk watch brand i've never heard of that i don't know if we get them over here or not but uh yeah you have two capcom 1942 flyboy automatic limited edition watches and it really just looks like a pretty standard watch to me not being a watch guy yeah uh, with the exception that the background of the watch is um could be construed as like the blue ocean. And one of the watch hands has like a little 1942 plane on it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 1942 um, watch.
1: It, it, I mean, I'm I'm just going to be a jerk here, but it looks like it's a nice, it's a nice stylish watch. That would be cool if you were really into the game 1941, but honestly, I wouldn't spend more than about 60 bucks on this. You know what I mean? We're not watch guys. You know, we're not guys, that's fair. It does have a nice inscription on the back. I yeah. just saw that.
0: That you'll never see because it'll be against your hand. But yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Thank you, Watch. Nice. Uh, Retro Dodo mentioned this. And this one is one I'm very excited about. And I did watch the video. Uh, limited Run Games, which I'm not a huge fan of because of the way they pre-order everything. And you and I both agree, Eric, we're not fans of the pre-order. Um, but they are reviving a canceled Shantae game for the Game Boy Advance. Now, if you know anything about Cody, he loves himself some Shantae. Yes. Uh, great little uh, cutesy platform adventure game uh, originally released on the Game Boy Color, and then they had uh, some released on the 3DS, and then they have back-released a couple and they made new versions of the game. So there's like four Shantae games out. This game was originally going to be Shantae Advance, they were developing it for the Game Boy Advance, and uh, basically what happened, this was you know, back in the day, right when the Game Boy Advance was current, and I guess what happened, just watching this video with the developer, uh, they had just released the Shantae game on the Game Boy Color, and they were getting ready to sell this one at the same time, and so they'd go show this game to different uh, companies, and they're like, oh man, this looks great. By the way, how, did, how is the last game doing? And they're like, well, it got great reviews, but it's selling terribly. And that's kind of the end of the conversation, right? Right. So the game was mostly finished and they just cut it right there because it wasn't going to be a a viable success. So now that Shantae is a big thing, they're going back. They pulled up the old code and they're finishing it with some modern tweaks and they're going to release it on a new Game Boy Advance cart. I might actually buy a a cart of this game if they don't do the limited run thing where that's like $200 because they can.
1: Yep. Exactly. So yeah, if it's normal price, that'd be a good deal. I, the last Shantae game I played was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So check out that link from retro Dodo.
1: The next one I have, and you've got to check this one out, Cody, because I know you like playing this while I talk about it. You know,
0: exactly. I'm going to play it right now while you talk.
1: But I got some, uh, some Pico eight news about this game called whiplash taxi co or taxi company. Um, and it was intriguing because I really do like the game Crazy Taxi. This is 3D Crazy Taxi, but, um, on Pico 8. I, and I keep saying, I feel like I say this every episode because I love Pico 8 games, but, um, gotta get closer to them there, Cody. There you go. (laughs) Now get to the place. Go, go, go. I'm trying, I'm trying. But anyway, um, I, it's amazing to me how they push Pico 8 to its very, Limit, And I remember when Pico 8 first came out, and we were playing the games, they were very rudimentary, very basic. You know, people were just starting to get their feet wet programming Pico 8. Now, compared to then, I mean, there's like Doom clones, there's Crazy Taxi, there's these huge 3D environments. I mean games are getting crazy on pico 8 but they're very fun they're a lot of fun i played this game for maybe i mean listen it's a pico 8 game so i played it for maybe 15 minutes 20 minutes but i had a blast playing it it was challenging it's hard it's harder to steer than like a crazy taxi on <laughs> i'm all over the place you are and when, all you, of, yeah.
0: when you run into a human uh your car stops immediately oh wait that guy's yeah. not ready to be picked up yet it's pretty yeah.
1: cool. <laughs> so anyway, the, so it's called Whiplash Taxi Co. If you're, if you're into Pico 8, and you should be into Pico 8 because it's awesome. Um, and for people that have maybe listen to the show for the first time, Pico 8 is a fantasy console. Um, it, 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 it's software, basically, that you grab for your Raspberry Pi or Windows, um, and you run it, and it, you, it runs these little virtual cartridges, and people program these little games on it. Um, they're very eight bit, 16 bit style games, uh, just fantastic. And there's so many free games that you can just jump into and play. Uh, but anyway, this one's called whiplash taxi Co. Check it out. It is a crazy taxi clone.
0: It's pretty fun. <laughs> I'm having a good time with it already.
1: And it's fun. And it looks how I-, I like how it looks. I mean, it looks fantastic. I can't yeah. imagine it being better looking in, in Pico 08 than this.
0: It's really cool. All right, we're going to have to, like, high score each other here. <laughs> might not just keep talking, because I still have, like, two minutes and 46 seconds left of taxing to do. Right, on, I'm let, me, gonna, let me get I'll, one more here. Stop. Uh, ah, there we go. Delivered. Right, I'll, right. I'll
1: read the next one here from Tim. All right, there you go. N- new game for your pet. So, the Commodore pet. Nope, it's not an RPG for your pet rat. It's a new game for the Commodore pet. A new homebrew has been released by Fuzzy Bad. Uh, and, he, and in the show notes, you'll see the... Um,
0: Mastodon Mastodon
1: thing called pet light cycles. This is a take on the Tron light cycle game. Not only has this game got great use of the pet graphics, but also has sound and music on the title screen available as a free to download on fuzzy bad's itch site, but please leave a tip to show your appreciation. Um, and then the, the link will be in the show notes. um, I have a Commodore PET. Unfortunately, it's so large. I mean, I, re- I refurbished <laughs> this, this thing. talked about this last
0: episode, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I refurbished this thing, and it looks looked brand new, like it was just off the show. I mean, it was, a, it was dirty and gross, had graffiti on it, literally had graffiti on it. And I cleaned it up, and I got it running perfectly. And then there's no place to put it because the thing is so huge, so it sits in my garage. And I hate that, but it is what it is. But this game looks cool. If you like Tron, Tron. Light Cycles, it looks yeah. exactly like Tron Light Cycles
0: looks like it plays like it yep very cool by the way if you like tron the, that game yeah there's a game uh you i think you and i played a little bit maybe we didn't uh called astro bears on the
1: switch oh yeah yeah, we did play it we did play it yeah.
0: and you're basically mm-hmm. bears that walk along this sphere and you can turn left right and stuff and you can jump yeah and then some bears have a jet pack that'll keep you up in the air so it's basically tron but on a sphere either on the ground or above, and you're making this line behind you. It's the same game. You're trying to get other people to run into the lines that you're putting out behind you without you running into them first. And it's a blast. So there you go. Speaking
1: about
0: a a blast. Speaking of a blast, let me tell you about... That doesn't really fit here, does it? (laughs) No. Well, you tried to do a segue. Uh, I tried. 8-Bit Doe is making some more creative, cool stuff. And uh, I'm not fully... I'm like intrigued by this, but even though I don't get it uh so first of all it's a a mechanical keyboard based off the best system of all time like you just talked about the nes um but it's a super clunky like if you have the the 8-bit dough which you and i do eric uh, arcade stick it's got the same kind of like toggle switches on the top if you want to use bluetooth or 2.4 wireless a little volume knob you got home buttons and things um you've got a full keyboard here that's you know light gray dark gray and uh and red even has B and A on some of the red option buttons, just like the NES. It looks like an NES keyboard. However, that's cool. But I don't know if that quite justifies $100. So, they threw in this device along with it, which, again, I don't quite get, but I love it. And I want it, even though I don't know how I'm going to use it. It is like a, a a thing you put on the table. It has two gigantic I don't know how big, like three-inch buttons that you can smash. Yeah. And it's just the B and the A button that you'd find on your Nintendo controller, but they're gigantic. And I guess this thing plugs into the keyboard. And I, I maybe if you're p- like playing Pico 8 or something, you can map these two giant buttons, which again, look like Nintendo buttons, but they're huge. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it better than that, Eric, but... there's something cool about it. I can't explain what it is. No, it's
1: very cool. My wife, my wife actually sent me this. It popped up in her newsfeed and she sent it to me from work and like, and she was like, Hey, look at this kind of neat. So I will tell you those two big red buttons. Once you get those, you would love them because yeah, using software on your PC, like, so let's say you have your PC and you're using that mechanical keyboard. Those are just macro buttons. You can program those to do anything. So, I Sitting next to me right here is my stream deck. And yep. what a stream deck does is like it's just a bunch of empty buttons and you program to do whatever you want. And I have ones that control the volume and stop and start for all this podcasting stuff. I have a profile set up for that. That's what these would do to, to a very limited extent. So you can make those red buttons do anything. And you can make them do stuff when you're in office like working in Word. Like one of them can hit you like be a save button. Or whatever, but if you're in gaming, you yeah, you could probably use those as fire buttons or whatever you want, whatever you program them to do. So those are really neat. Uh, I'm not sure how practical they are being big giant buttons, but <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I think this thing is really neat and I hope Ape Bit Doe just keeps doing cool stuff like that. I mean it's Agreed. really neat. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Like I wanna yep. we should all get one for this podcast and we would do game shows. Yeah. Like, who, who buzzes in first?
1: Exactly. What's your answer,
0: A or B? You know, yep. there's, some op- there's some options here. There are. Yep. Now, I see RT, you have something else to talk about,
1: Eric. Oh. <laughs> no. So, funny thing, you were just talking about building like a DOS machine or a 386, 46 machine or yep. early Windows machine. The, and so, we all in on Pixel Guide love CRTs, and we, we have sure. CRTs love them, but eventually they will die. And some people just don't have the space for them. And I completely understand that there was, a- oh, exactly. but if anyone, if anyone has tried it, you know, that when you plug some of these old systems into flat panel LCDs, they look like crap. They just do. Yep. Um, and you can, you can go spend a ton of money on things. I mean, Tim's talked a lot about different devices and I have a retro tank there are devices you plug into it and it makes it look pretty good on the screen. But this that I'm about to talk about takes it to the next level. It is a literal card that slides into an old DOS machine and then uh-huh. piggy, piggybacks on the existing VGA card that's in there. And uh, so you basically, you have an existing VGA card, this piggybacks onto it, but it allows you to plug simultaneously vga and a modern tv in there so this would be excellent for game streamers because game streamers need to be able to look at the the output like maybe on a crt but also the output on like a lcd screen stream recording or yeah, twitch or whatever so this would be very very handy but i mean it's called the crt eliminator it's a vga card add-on that's native i'm sorry
0: crt terminator
1: Terminator is that what it said? Oh, okay. It Terminator.
0: I'll be back.
1: Oh, g- weird. I wonder why I wrote that. I, I thought I cut and pasted that. Can you look at the no, you're right. Terminator. Weird. Anyway.
0: Luminator.
1: CRT Terminator is a VGA card add-on that supplies native digital video as well as pat you can still use your VGA as well. So it's gonna be 220 bucks. Um, but I think that's a pretty neat little device. For the
0: right person, that thing will be amazing. Correct. Hey, here's, oh another one from, here's another one from Tim. Oh, Tim, Tim. You'd be Tim again. You're good at being Tim.
1: Dig Dug Revival for the C64. This game is an homage to Dig Dug, an arcade game developed by Namco in 1982. In this version, the play fields are generated randomly. The game okay. works perfectly on both PAL and NTSC modes. And oh, he check gives, that out. Yep, he gives links to uh, the game, uh, but it looks like a neat little game for your Commodore 64.
0: Yeah, we're gonna watch a little, a little gameplay here. But it looks very much like the Commodore sixty four Dig Dug in that kind of four by three aspect ratio. Yep. Uh, this one looks exactly like the original. So maybe it, maybe after the first level, they they randomly generate.
1: Yeah, I guess. So we, I mean, we'll have to download it and try it out. But yeah, we're gonna have to nice. give that a shot. It's nice that it's uh, NTSC and PAL. So I always appreciate that. I
0: I smash my head against the wall when it's one or the other only and i have to pull out a whole different com- at least now i have an, a, a pal computer to to try stuff on but Yep. gotcha gotcha all right it's good to have new commodore 64 games all right a couple new per- uh, peripherals yeah uh, another one here from 8-bit doe. um this is again for the right person this is really cool let's say that you have a playstation and a playstation 2 that you love so much but those old playstation controllers are So old school, Eric, how can you play with those knowing that your modern controllers feel so much better in the hand? Well, now you can buy an 8-Bit Doe retro receiver to plug into your PlayStation or PlayStation 2 and uh, use any of the modern controllers, whether it's, uh, you know, an Xbox 360, the the new Xbox controller, the new PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 controllers, even some of the 8-Bit Doe stuff, the new 8-Bit Doe stuff. But there you go. It's a dongle. And, uh, just allows your controllers to connect to it and plan your old system. So.
1: I think this is cool. I saw this in the notes and I kind of was reading it before the show when I was yep. getting ready, for, getting ready. And I, I there like this. Ahead. I think this is really, really neat. I, I, I might even pick it up. Depends on how right. much it is. Yeah. There you go. Uh,
0: so I will tell you that I, let's see, um, uh, it blah, 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 doesn't show a price yet. So yeah. Um, what I will say is, and again, this I love all the options in the world, right? We live in a, a beautiful age of retro video games where everything is available. I'm one to play an old system with a kind of a modern, modernized version of the old system controller. I don't see the benefit to me of using an old system with a new controller on a new TV at that point. Just play the version of the game they have on the new system of the old game. <laughs> it's kind of like, where do you want your retro to stop Stop and your modern to begin? Where does emulation, where does the experience change? But it's different for everybody. So it's cool it exists. Yep. I don't the think only it's for me. I'll say
1: about, but, the only thing I'll say about that is from PS1 on, those controllers were fairly like the modern controllers anyway. Because. Yes. Yes. Honestly, I would use this with my 8-Bit Doe controller. You see that white one up in the corner there. That's the yep. ultimate. It's called the 8-Bit Doe Ultimate. I love, love that thing. controller. Super comfortable. All, everything works great. The triggers are awesome. But it is basically a PS controller, or more, yeah, more like all, an Xbox
0: controller. They're one, all very really. similar
1: now, yeah. Sure. Very, so I will give an I, – I agree with you, Cody, 100%, but for PS1 and PS2, I think something like this is okay cuz the controllers are so close yeah. anyway. So, yeah. anyway.
0: okay for you. Again, everyone has their own. Yep. Agreed. Uh another one, Retro Fighters have a little trick up their sleeve and they're going to go ahead and re-release um their Striker DC Dreamcast controller, although it's a little bit different. They've made a few little changes, but the main thing is now they have a wireless version. Yeah. So, if you liked the DC one before or maybe you didn't get it because it wasn't different enough from your regular D- Dreamcast controller, Maybe wireless is enough to get you to buy. Um, I, again, this is something that's cool, glad it exists. I'm sure a lot of people are going to buy this. I, to this day, prefer controllers I can plug in because I hate networking things. And yes, I'm going to consider getting a wireless controller to connect to my hardware networking because it still takes me 15 minutes half the time to get them to connect properly. Gotcha. Gotcha. I I like to plug things in.
1: I will say that I, I have the Stryker DC, the wired version, and I love it. Absolutely I love, love it. it. Love playing the DC with it. But I don't feel like I need, because I'm always very close to my Dreamcast. I don't really need a wireless controller. So I, again, this is fantastic and great. And if my wired one broke or fell apart or whatever, I'd probably get the wireless one. But for now, I mean, I'm happy with the wired one. It is a fantastic controller out for people out there listening to this take a look at it retro Fighter striker dc
0: although i just read something again eric that touches on the negative for me what's it that says, but but hurry it's only for a limited time why yeah why yeah let us buy the stuff you make i want to buy the stuff you make i don't want to pre-order it and have i want it to be ready and available and then i will buy it correct
1: man i'm, I'm with you there
0: yeah all right all right Oh, let's, no yawning. That's, that is that is the opposite of bringing the energy, Eric.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, this next one's a bummer. Oh,
0: really? It sounds yeah, so, so promising.
1: Hold on. So, let me, yeah, let me read, yeah. I'll
0: read the first part of this because I was very excited, Eric. It says, WrestleQuest is finally out! August, August. 7th.
1: Yep. And, and I went to the website. Okay, so on August 7th, I went to the website because I'm ready to download it. I'm ready to give them my money. And they've delayed this thing multiple times. You've been talking about this for over a year. Yep. So... I go to the Steam page and it says uh, game will unlock in four hours, and I'm like, I'm in, I'm in.
0: Eric's like waiting there. This is as close to pre-ordering as you're going to get. That's right. But you're no, I wasn't even,
1: even going to buy it. I was going to wait the four hours and then buy it. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Then, boom! Literally, I refreshed the page after four hours, and it said <laughs> now coming out August twenty first. So they. They did a total psych on me. And for like, I don't know the fourth or fifth time they've delayed this game. Now they say that the reason they delayed it this time was they were testing it and game saves were getting corrupted. So they didn't want people, I guess the game part is done according to them. And then this is mega cat studios. um, they, They claim the game is done, but the game saves need some work. And then, so now they're pushing it out to 21st. It'll release across all platforms xbox playstation uh pc via steam um but it's 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 the 21st now um i i am i'm losing more and more faith in the game as they as they do this so i'm a little bummed out by it but
0: oh man i can tell by your voice all right now i need to pick it back up because you're tim
1: yep. oh, I'm tim again there's
0: something that was released and not push back
1: that's right. And it, this is a game that, um, the author reached out to me and I, I got to test this game oh, and you I did son of a gun and I liked it. It was a great game. Um, so anyway, Tim says rogue Declan zero is now out for the Amiga, a challenging procedurally generated rogue light twin stick shooter. You got, you, you got me at twin stick shooter. Those are my, one of my favorite genres Agreed. for the classic Amiga platform. And we have two links in the show notes um, Rogue Declan Zero. It is a lot of fun. I played it f- I played it quite a bit. Um, and the author's very friendly, Was uh, gave us a little demo copy. Um, well, us meaning not me. Well, you aren't going to play an Amiga game. Let's get real. <laughs> what? <laughs> the new stuff
0: is going to be great. Is that not classic? to mention.
1: Yeah, I mean, all right, all right. I think you're set up now for Amiga, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I got my CD32 thanks to y'all. And yep. I got my Amiga Mini, which plays That's right. very well. But yeah, so you know, anyway. A solid looking, solid looking little twin stick shooter, So I'm glad to hear it's good. I will be picking this up. And yeah. uh since I already know it's good, I'll throw a few bucks in right off the bat rather than doing what I usually do, which is try a game, see if it clicks with me, and then throw a few bucks their way.
1: Great. And Eric. then I mean the news on this is a little weird, right, Cody?
0: Yes, it is, which means <laughs> it's time for Cody's news, news, news of the weird, weird, weird,
1: weird, weird.
0: I've got three items on my News of the Weird segment this month. Let's kick it off with number one. Eric, do you know there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie coming out?
1: Uh, I heard about that, yeah.
0: They've revamped the Turtles for like a seventh time. Yeah. And actually, honestly, I I thought about it. I'm like, I would actually love, I don't care how nerdy it is, to watch all the remakes they've made since the original that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. Like, I want to see all the new movies, all the new animated shows not everything but like an episode or two of each i just sit there for a day make i'll take a day off work watch yeah. a bunch of turtle stuff just to catch up but anyways this sure. one has been being done by seth rogan so uh i have high hopes for it being and entertaining for the target audience which is both kids and uh men of our age who may have grown up on the turtles um however what makes this weird retro video game news is that to promote the show they are going to have uh, a contest where they are going to give away four uh, Xbox 360 controllers with built-in pizza scent. Eric, <laughs> so yeah. they're, they, these things, you know, there's one for each Ninja Turtle. You know, you've got Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Leonardo, as if you didn't know all of them already. And they've got a giant piece of pizza stuck in the back of the controller, it looks like. And apparently, that device, that pizza pizza stuck in the back, actually has a hole in it, and it like emits pizza smell. Like it sprays out <laughs> pizza smell. It is not for purchase. It is definitely weird news, and you have to enter to win. Only four will be there. You go. People are playing with their pizza controllers. Uh, I think you can buy the Ninja Turtle controller without the pizza in it, but the one with the pizza is for four lucky winners only. Yeah. I'm going to try to win myself a pizza controller.
1: Exactly. You know, 15 years from now, they'll, they'll discover that the scent coming out of those causes cancer or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, but only for like four people. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's, it's
1: <laughs> statistically insignificant.
0: <laughs> second item of Cody's news, news, news of the weird, weird, weird. I'm going to keep this covered up here, Eric, because Atari. Yes, our friends at Atari, the new Atari. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. found another way to try to grab a bunch of money from people. Mm-hmm. This time they decided, you know what people love? And as usual, they're half right. Arcade circuit boards. So what they are releasing is working arcade circuit boards for their arcade some of their arcade games. Although screen printed on them is a big old logo of their kind of, um, what do they call that? The header art on top of the yeah. arcade machine? Yep. So you can buy the board. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not a working motherboard, com, you know, complete with comp- uh, components and chips and things. It is just a bare motherboard with nothing plugged into it yet. Uh, and you can buy these PCBs. There's five games, Warlords, Major Havoc, Gravatar, Black Widow, and Lunar Lander. And I guess you put it on your wall and go, hey, look at me. Or you spend thousands of dollars actually populating it with stuff to make it a working board. Either way, you can buy these for about $245 each.
1: Yeah, I heard about this on another podcast, <laughs> and I was just like, I and he, they explained it very well. And they said they're working PCBs without the components, but they're really art pieces. So now you're really yeah. probably buying an art piece for almost $300 of, I don't know. It's yeah. Just I mean, not they like- say
0: a working board. I don't know what you mean by a working board. You'd have to do a whole lot of work to get this thing to actually do something it is literally oh, yeah. just a piece of, you know, it's a, it's a printed circuit board. That's all it is. But so I mean, there's uh, part of me. that's like, they look kind of cool, but it look. cool, not $250 cool. And you'd have to really love that game. And I don't know. I don't know. Atari. I
1: I will say this. You have to love that game in the list of games. I mean, I I see two (laughs) that are pretty, two that I really like.
0: Not a tier games. You know, we're, we're deep, deep into the bargain bin here.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And my last item for Cody's news, news, news of the weird, weird, weird is Japan. Uh, is uh, going to have a pop-up shop tour around Japan, which is only going to sell merchandise that relates to the game Earthbound. So you're going to be able to go to this pop-up store as it tours Japan and buy everything from Earthbound and Mother 2 shirts, skateboards, uh, the little stuffed bear, I guess. I've never actually played Earthbound. I probably need to get to that. Hats with Smash written on it, which again is probably from the game. Very specific. This is a very specific thing. It is weird. It sounds pretty cool. I It hope is it's weird, successful. but
1: I know EarthBound has a huge cult following, and so this is probably, probably pretty cool. Um, I would love it if they, you know, when you bought the original EarthBound for Nintendo, it would come with the player's guide. And over the years, I've start and stopped playing EarthBound quite a bit, and that was before I... Found a copy of the player's guide, not a real copy. I found a digital copy, okay. And I realized it is a companion piece to the game. It's not just fluff. You you really you need it. You need. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you need need it, but it the game is the game's ten times better with it. Okay. So um, if they resold replicas of that, and I know you can go go on Alibaba and get replicas for it for you know twenty bucks or whatever, but if they sold an official authorized. and yeah. speaking of those controllers that smelled like pizza, the, the real Earthbound had, like, scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff, yeah. <laughs> so, if they, if they redid that, I would, I would get it. That would, that would be, awesome. be cool. That would yeah. be really cool. So.
0: And that's it for Cody's News of the Weird. Now, Tim, you've got one more for us.
1: Yep. So, Tim says, Ron Gilbert, he of Monkey Island fame, tooted... The release of the Android OS version of Monkey Island, it is now available on the Play Store. So if you like Monkey Island and you're an Android user, go get it, I guess. Then <laughs> that's from Tim. Well, thanks, of, uh, Tim. I guess.
0: I'm not even, even going to click on these links because they just take you to where you can download the app. I know what Monkey Island is. It is a great game. If you want to play it on your Android, I suggest it. A touchscreen would be a very good way to play that game.
1: Yeah, and I, I have a couple of Android tablets here at the house, and I'm a big Android fan. So that would be a neat game to play on it. Good game. Good game. Yep.
0: Last bit of news, Eric, I'm sorry to say another one from TimeExtension.com that I found interesting. Taito, uh, found a lost Taito game, arcade game. It has resurfaced 26 years later, uh, apparently thanks to the game's planner. Um, so basically there was a karaoke system called the Taito X 55 made in 1995, uh i guess it only shifted around i'm using the word straight off a of time extension to give credit where credits due. uh 200 units you know only in japan and basically it did karaoke and stuff but it also ran games so one of those games was uh released in 1997 called crescent Tail, and this is where i think you and i would be very interested eric it's a single screen platform title which is clearly borrowing elements from Bubble Bobble and Don Don, two games I love. Very much like Snow Bros and Nightmare. What's the other? Nightmare in the Dark?
1: Nightmare in the Dark from Neo Geo. Yeah. Oh, man. this When I saw the graphics on this, I was like, yeah. I'm sold. I would love this. This looks fantastic.
0: And this would have been released after those games. And I think the graphics are a little clearer and more defined in those games. They're kind of uh, outlined, like hand-drawn uh, yep. sprites. They look pretty cool. And um, so at this point, it has been found, recovered, and... Um, yeah, I guess the original designer said he was able to get it to boot. Now, what are they going to do with it? We don't know yet. It's not like you can go download it or do anything yet. But um, obviously, the hope would be that, um, I mean, it would be really cool if Taito actually took this game and added it in a collection of, you know, their games or something, or even released it on its own. I don't know. I for mean, Evercade. obviously, Taito should make some money off of it. Uh, but I'd buy it because I love those games.
1: Yeah, it would be great for the Taito Evercade collection.
0: And there's. Ends the news, Eric. <laughs> Eric just leans back. It's like, all right, I'm not gonna respond Go to that. That's news done. complete. Completed. Uh Eric, now that the yeah. news is done, and my beer yes. is just about done.
1: My beer has been done, so uh let's, well, let's crack
0: one more open before we hop into our battle of the systems, which I am quite excited for. Yes. So I have my uh, my magic box of fun here, and I present to you, Eric. My next beer is also from AleSmith. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, just by the color of this beer, can you tell what kind of a beer it is? Yeah, I would guess a sour. You would be right, my friend.
1: Yeah. Whenever I, whenever it is like whenever a, a beer or a can is that weird raspberry purplish uh, pinkish color. It's got to be a sour.
0: So you almost nailed it. It is a raspberry lime gosa ale. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because usually you say you just say gosa. That's the time of type of beer, but this is saying yeah. gosa ale. Um, it's called limeberry twist, which is a very unappealing name. It sounds like it's going to be like a sprite knockoff, but spoiler alert: I've had one and I like it.
1: Okay, I mean all all what you said sounds pretty good. I like lemon lime stuff. Um, raspberry's good ale good, good ale good raspberry good, good. <laughs> yeah so uh it sounds all good to me what are you gonna be wrapping your lips around eric <laughs> um so dust bowl brewing company which is very yes. close but this this is a beer that i haven't had by them which okay. is unusual because i've had almost their uh, as, as uh they said on office space i celebrate their entire collection <laughs> Um, is that Michael Bolton? That is Michael Bolton, exactly. <laughs> I celebrate their entire collection. Um, but this is Dust Bowl Brewing, and it's called the Gold One. It's got a cool, unique color, kind of like uh the Golden State Warriors colors. Ah, oh, oh, those guys. Blue and gold. Kings, um, go kings, light the beam. Yeah, exactly. Light the beam. Um, it is it just all it says on it is the gold one ale, made in California. It doesn't even say really what kind of beer it is i assume the gold golden ale yeah like a golden yeah. ale it's a gold beer It's a gold beer. um but it is 4.5 volume uh it's got a nice nice neat clean can but this is one i haven't tried yet so
0: simple enough eric i think it is time for us to say yeah cheers my friend
1: cheers
0: <whistles> <sighs> Ah. so what i will say about this beer yeah And I've said it before, and hopefully, people who enjoy sours or anybody else can relate. So, first of all, I do get that I do get raspberry lime a little bit, but then it has that hard stomach acid bite that sour, good sours that I enjoy have. It sounds disgusting, but it's good. It's that. No,
1: I know what you're saying. Yeah,
0: ah, makes you pucker and salivate and enjoy life that much more.
1: It is an Um, it's it is an acidic kind of texture, I guess. Yep. It's not yep. a flavor, per se, but it's an acidic texture.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It kind of punches you in the back of the throat in a good way. <laughs> I prefer this over the Lost Barrier. I'm going to give this one a V. A V? A V on the alphabet scale.
1: Arms raised in a V. <laughs> I don't that's know this song. That's Pearl Jam.
0: Oh, is that is that uh,
1: Michael Bolton? Are no, it's Pearl oh, Jam. It's Pearl I, Jam.
0: All right, here's 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 my deep my uh my what's the, a polarizing view for it the ca- episode. Yeah. I don't care for Pearl Jam. What? We actually I'm not going
1: to Even flow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um we actually uh the other night I'm not going to get the details. We had tickets to go see Smashing Pumpkins and Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Uh, and the opener is actually one of my favorite bands right now. i was more excited about them, which is the Rival Sons. Yep. Um, of course, I enjoy and respect the Nirvanas. I love Chris Cornell. So Soundgarden, Audio Slave. Oh, I love Sound never Garner. liked Pearl Jam. I never, never liked
1: Pearl Jam. All right. I, well, I, I don't I, I, know. So, so uh, I like one album by Pearl Jam. Ten. I think that's the name of it. Okay. And that has Jeremy on it. But uh, I listen to it. Yep, in class today. That's a great It's a great album. I love that album. Um, but I, I don't. I don't celebrate their entire collection. <laughs> Just I ten. celebrate a little part of their collection. Um, but I that time period isn't my favorite musical time period. But I do like. I love Soundgarden. I love Alice and Chains. Yes, another
0: uh, very good band. Yes,
1: yeah. So I'm a big fan of that genre. My daughter is a huge Nirvana fan.
0: All the kids at the right now, all the kids in junior high high school have the Nirvana shirt. That my yeah, both pink my pink girls blue. wanted ACDC shirts. And uh, what yeah. was Addie wearing today? She was wearing Pink Floyd.
1: That's nice. Pink, pink Floyd. Floyd, my daughter wants a uh, Pixies shirt.
0: So. Oh, there now we're going deep cuts. I love me some Pixies. Yep. So she all likes right. the
1: pixies. She loves all this stuff from listening to jams. But anyway, let's get back to games.
0: Bringing it full uh, circle. Let's get let's get back to beer. Oh How's yeah, your for beer?
1: beer. Yeah. So I got to rate mine. Um, I am going to give it higher than the musty. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this a. Um, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> uh, for, first, I should describe it. it. It's it it tastes a little citrusy okay it's it tastes like a great golden ale but like a little bit of a citrus flavor so i'm little gonna grapefruit, give it a little grapefruit i'm gonna give it an s for citrus
0: oh, okay <laughs> like a european citrus
1: exactly maybe that's how they say it in citrus. latvia
0: i don't know as he takes another I'm give it
1: an s it's good it's refreshing af
0: as he takes a sip with a c yes. um eric it's time for battle of the systems
1: Battle of the
2: systems.
0: <laughs> and Eric, I know you're going to hit me with
1: some raw deets. I oh. am. So which game are we going to start with, though? So just I let, think we should stop. start with
0: we should start with Batman.
1: Exactly. So the, the funny thing about this is it's two. It's genuinely a battle of the systems because there's two different systems.
0: This is how we used to do it back in, when we first started Pixel Guy and the system, the game had to have the exact same name. That's and be right. be on two different systems, but be two completely different games.
1: Yep. And, and it was hard to find those. So and we
0: never got this one. I don't know why we didn't.
1: Yep. We evolved the rules because it's very hard to find those. Um, but this one is Batman on each one. One is on Ye- NES and one is on PC Engine, not TurboGrafx-16. It was never released on TurboGrafx-16. It was only on PC Engine.
0: Really, I, I guess yeah. I never knew that because that is odd. Because the game is clearly based off the Tim Burton movie Batman with correct both um, of them are. Yep, with uh, Mr. Keaton, and yep. um, it's a movie. By the way, that I it was like the first was I don't know if it was but it must it has to have been PG thirteen maybe not. It was the first like adult action movie that I ever saw. My dad and I would watch it. We had the videotape. He liked it enough. you got the videotape. So I know that movie very well. And that is my Batman like this. That is the Batman I grew up with and have seen the most and have nostalgia for. So I will start by just saying both these games hit the vibe of that movie. That kind of Tim Burton, uh, dark, whimsical Batman.
1: Kind of noir, kind of uh, campy. Um, uh, It was if you were around during this time period, which I assume most of our listeners were, it was a phenomenon. I mean, when this Batman movie came out, kids were wearing Batman t-shirts. They were, really? Oh man, it was a big, big deal. And when it came out in the theaters, I remember all my friends were like, Oh, we're going to see Batman. We're going for the third time. We're going for the fifth time. I mean, really, it okay. was a big deal. Um, I
0: did not realize that. Cause and there was I was Batman
1: mania. I mean, Doritos, Pepsi, whatever there, were, all the companies were trying to market to the Batman game, that first Batman game. And Movie. You could not go anywhere to any store without some merchandising tie-in to Batman. Really? that's oh, interesting
0: yeah. to know because, again, I was so young at that point um, that the only reason I knew anything about the movie is because my dad bought the VHS tape when we watched the yeah. VHS tape. But I had no idea about the kind of public zeitgeist over the movie. <laughs> so that's cool to hear.
1: No, it was. it was – in fact, honestly – one of the biggest movies I remember coming out in that whole time period. I mean, like, it was just huge. Like, everybody wanted to see it. So,
0: side tangent first movie I ever saw in the theater? Yeah. Land, Land Before Time.
1: Oh, that's a nice one. Do you remember that one? I do. <laughs> the first Dinosaurs. Movie. I went to the drive-in theater with my parents once we saw Young Frankenstein. So my first one was actually a black and white movie. That is a great movie. A black and white movie, and it was great. I loved it, and I still love that movie.
0: Doing everything I can right now to not just start quoting the movie constantly. So I will (laughs) will hold that to myself.
1: All right, so which one are we starting, PC Engine or NES? You choose.
0: Uh, I get to choose. Uh, I'm just going to go NES yes, That's how we have the, it listed here on the show notes.
1: That's good, because I have more information on that one. The other one was a little harder, because it's PC Engine, Japanese only, so it was a little huh? harder. I got info. I got the dry statistics everyone is yearning for. Yes. But yes. Um, I, but this one was a little easier. So, this one's by Sunsoft, which, guess what? The other one is, too. So, they're both Sunsoft uh, games, which I found interesting, because they're so different.
0: So, um, I'm already going to stop your dry stats because I have to point out, when yeah. I... For a while, I was always like, man, I wish Sunsoft would come back, which they did come back recently. They they recreated a Sunsoft company. Yeah. And and and, uh, and they released a Sunsoft, uh, well, it's pre-order still, but for the Evercade, Sunsoft games. And there are so many great Sunsoft games on the NES. Some of them are on the Evercade cart, but none of the big licenses, right? I think they have no. Journey to Silius. They have um, Master Blaster. They yeah. have a couple other games on there, but man, Sunsoft made some great NES games, including Batman.
1: They did, and I, I, Master Blaster is a great game. I love that one. Um, okay, so let me get back to this. I lost. Sorry. My, uh, no, no, that's okay. I just lost my my tab there. Okay, so this is a single player game. So that's it. Single player platform-style game. It was released on two systems, the NES and the Game Boy. On the NES, it was in Japan, released December 22nd, 1989. And that's about right, because I was graduating high school in eighty nine. I remember the Batman movie came out. Now, I don't remember exactly when that movie came out, but it was while I was in high school. So it had to have been 87, 88, something like that. Uh, or might have been 89. I don't know. North America came out yeah. February 13th, 1990. And in Europe, it was September 14th, 1990. Um, the Let's see. The, it looks like the main designer was Kazutomo Mori. And I've heard his name before. So I think he's made other games. Um, uh, yeah, other not, substantial games.
0: I feel like I should know the name because he probably, probably does a lot with Sunsoft.
1: Yeah, I would bet he does. Uh, this is a pretty highly rated game. I mean, on uh, looks like the aggregate scores for magazines and stuff was around four point five out of five. Um, the game is a is a group of platform games developed by Sunsoft for the Nintendo Entertainment System, loosely based on the nineteen eighty nine film Batman. So that that goes. so yeah, that, yeah. The film came out when I was a senior in high school. I was six. Um, oh, you were six. <laughs> I was six. Um, despite having the same title, each is a different game. Um, and the NES title contains five levels, culminating the showdown with the Joker, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, so I'm not going to go too far in. Showdown, it. indeed. Yep. So let's talk about the game. And it sounds like you have a lot to say about this game. I'm going to let you uh, go first here.
0: I will not give opinions yet, but I'll say what I know about the game. So first of all, it's very NES. It's a very NES game. In fact, a lot of the music sounds very much to me like... Um, games by ultra which are some yeah. of the konami games when they when they ran out of their limit per year and they had release under a different name yeah. uh i played teenage mutant ninja turtles the first game on the nes and a lot of the sounds and, and music reminded me of that so i'm not sure if they have maybe a, a similar sound designer or music composer in, in mind i don't know uh the game starts as a lot of nes games do with kind of some still uh pixel art and some um kind of cheesy looking animation attempts, which go over okay. Uh and then a bunch of just kind of words, right? A picture of Batman's face with some something about Gotham and awful things happening. Uh the gameplay itself is a um you 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 punch, you start with a punch, uh, but it's basically kind of like a action. I would almost I almost want to call it like a run and gun, but you're punching to -hmm. start but yep. then you can eventually get a lot more weapons and you can go through kind of use select to go through a lot of different weapons at that point it almost feels more like a run and gun. Uh, I would say the ultimate feel, if you like Castlevania games, this game is going to be right up your alley. And guess what? I like Castlevania games. Uh, it's got that, as you said, very Tim Burton, film noir, Batman uh, feel to it. As far as the dark color palette, earth tones with kind of like pops of purple, uh, just like the movie it does that very well. And, um, The gameplay itself, again, it's jumping and punching. There are some wall jumps involved, uh, but you are really focusing on timing with this game. Again, like kind of like Castlevania, where when you jump, there's kind of a little pause. It's a little odd to get used to, but you have to kind of get used to the controls before this game will click. If you throw it on and give it 10 minutes, you're probably not going to like it. Uh, If you throw it on and give it a half an hour, you're going to fall in love with it like I did. If, you're okay with NES hard games. I'll leave it at that for now, Eric, but what else, what else can you say about the game from a gameplay standpoint?
1: So this game is NES difficult, at least to me, it was, um, it's not an easy game. No, it is not, not at all an easy game. Um, in fact, I only got to level two. So there are, I think five levels in this game, if I remember right.
0: I believe that is correct.
1: Gotham City Streets, Axis Chemical Plant, Gotham Sewers, Mysterious Laboratory, and the Gotham Cathedral Bell Tower. And in the movie, that's where the final scene battle is with the Joker. So it follows the Joker or, or the, the Batman movie pretty well. Um, yeah, so you face different kind of bosses in this game um, that are different villains in the kind of Batman lore until you Not get to Not the all of them Joker. are from the
0: movie. <laughs> No, to be fair. no,
1: no, 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 not, not at all. They're not all from the movie at all. They're from more of the DC kind of realm um, in this game. And what's funny is in the playthrough we're watching while we talk about this game, they, the guy uses weapons very little. <laughs> so you go to select cause he just, he's just punching his way through this game. Um, that's not at all the way I played it. Uh, <laughs> you, go, you go through and you collect weapons and stuff and then you select to pick it. And there's like a boomerang. There's kind of a shot that branches out into three different shots. There's a single gun, um, which is weird because Batman does it, not supposed to use guns. Um, True, but other than that, I mean, it's 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 a platform. Um, I'm going to give you my opinion on this, uh, and of I know course. it differs from yours. <laughs> um, I thought it would. I found the controls a bit clunky. I found I I mean, it's Batman he should be able to jump further than he does. And it just feels like his jumps are, are kind of flat. Um, they're, they don't have a big arc to them. Um, you're right in that. It's more like Castlevania. It's more like the character in Castlevania. Um, but it's Batman and Batman has grappling hooks. He has this and that. He doesn't have any of that in here. He has like weapons that run out, but it, they don't really, it, it really doesn't match up to what Batman is like. I, that's nitpicking, but I, the, the biggest problem I had with this game was the controls just didn't feel great to me. It didn't. And I played this on my real Nintendo. Um, I also played it on the Mr. I just couldn't get used to the way he moved. It didn't feel right. Does that make yeah. sense?
0: It does. Like, it like kind of like I said, you do have to get used to the controls. Yes. And, um, and
1: maybe I just didn't spend enough time to get used to the controls, but the controls just, and it, it, it really put a damper on the fun that I had. Listen, the sound in this game is fantastic. The music is great. The graphics look fantastic. Um, I like that he does the wall jumping. I mean, it would be cool if he had the battery or, or the, the like the bat hook or whatever. Um, it just i lost it for me in the controls that's
0: it but it's so interesting to me okay so my opinion differs a lot and you're right yeah uh for reasons you might not think i feel this game is mediocre looking i don't think it looks great Uh, i think a lot of the earth tones a lot of levels look very samey yeah uh the music is good i would not say it's great uh It's not terribly memorable. The one thing I do remember is the cutscenes always have that dum, 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 dum. -dum 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 -dum. Outside of that, I couldn't remember any other songs from this, this game. Um, to me, the game is pure gameplay. (laughs) Um, I feel like the levels are designed in ways that give you kind of unique challenges each time. It is an NES game like, like Castlevania, um, I, I wouldn't quite say Ninja Gaiden because Ninja Gaiden is so fluid. Mm-hmm. This game definitely is kind of has jerk. It's kind of jerky uh, in the way that Castlevania is. Like when you hit jump, Castlevania has a dead arc that you can't change in this game. You can change it. It's not, um, you can't like when you, when you jump forward, if you hold back, it'll slow your jump. You won't turn around and go move the other way, but you'll slow your jump down. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, Personally, I think the control fits Batman very well because he's just a normal dude with tools. And this guy, uh, although it doesn't feel like he jumps super high, he's technically jumping three times his own height. Um, but to me, it, this yeah, this game is all gameplay, but it's definitely got the NES fail forward thing, right? Like the first time you play it, yeah, you might only get a level or, or maybe to the second level until you can kind of figure out, okay, here's the time when you do this, you do this, I'm going to punch this guy here. You kind of, it's a memorization game as you play it. Uh, And then you get good at it. And next thing you know, you can get through the whole game without dying once almost until you get to the last level. Um, I I love the game for its controls. I love the game for almost, almost purely that uh, for the vibe. Um, But it's very samey. Even watching this replay, it's very samey all the way through. Uh, I will say that I didn't, I wasn't able, I beat it before this time I was able to get to the Joker, but I just couldn't beat the Joker. Flipping Joker with his big gun. Um, but what I like about it, and, and this game and a lot of the, again, like Castlevania, Ninja Gaiden, games like that, is when you die and you have to use a continue, you can use as many continues as you want. You'll start at the beginning of that level. So okay. it's not like you die and have to play through the whole game again. You're, you can sit there and play the part that you're working on. Uh, so you can fail forward. And uh, I think it's a great game. I don't think it's uh, an, you know, an A game. I guess we'll we'll figure out a rating here in a second, um, but I think it is it is one of my favorite games on the NES. But that being said, I probably have like thirty favorite games on the NES, so I'll <laughs> say oh, top right. thir- top thirty for me. Yeah. And uh, okay. I actually do end up using the punch a lot. The the extra weapons that he uses, I, I will switch between weapons constantly. Like, all right, I can kill this guy with three boomerangs. Then I'm going to hop up here and punch this guy. I can jump up here and catch this guy with a punch. But then here I need to switch to that triple shot so I can get to this guy without having to jump up and to fail, you know, worry about and hit. So it becomes kind of tactical that way, which again, I, I like.
1: I think that maybe I was playing this game wrong in that I should have used my punch more and played it more like a dodge the things kind of game instead of trying to shoot and kill everything. You know what I mean? Cause I'm watching this guy play through and he's getting a lot further than I did and plays a lot smoother than I did. I'd stop to shoot this and that. And I guess a couple other things we should mention. Um, Batman has a power bar, but every once in a while you come across, you kill something and a heart comes out and you can increase your, your, uh, I don't life. know what it is, life force or whatever. It's it says P. I don't know what that means. Power. Yeah, power. power. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean it's not a bad game at all. I just uh, I I was frustrated with the with the controls. I gotcha. Um. But anyway, yeah. Batman um, game. What's um, the,
0: what's, so, the, uh, what's the what's uh, the I guess we should do it out of. Um, uh, a certain number of batterings or is there yeah. something more creative we can come up with for the uh... well, let's do
1: let's do 89 ban- batarangs, Ooh, it I like it. 89 there you um go. but uh i do want to say my son and i were big fans of batman like he collected the comic books and i you know read read them with him and we watched we watched all the dark knight trilogy that came out with christian bale we're big batman fans i mean i love the the whole thing about batman but um I don't know. I I uh I I think the I think the sprite in this game looks really good. Maybe that's what I meant about good. He's he's very well animated.
0: Oh yeah, Batman himself looks like Batman, which is yeah. pretty which is pretty impressive on the NES.
1: Yes, exactly. So maybe, you know, I agree with you on the kind of weird tones and it doesn't even match the movie really because they're just kind of weird tones, you know. But um you can't make a movie all dark like the movie was. I mean, it was, you couldn't see anything, so I get what they did. I think the game looks really good. So
0: yeah, no, I think um, I think it actually matches the vibe of the movie. It's just uh, samey. Yeah, every lo- level looks only slightly different. But all right, so yeah, so out of, of eighty nine batterings, batterings. Well, uh, we already know Cody's going to go higher on this one than Eric is, So yeah, uh, I'm going to give this one eighty nine. I'll give it seventy eight batterings out of eighty nine.
1: Seventy-eight. Um I'm going to probably give this I'm going to give this sixty-two.
0: <laughs> In my head, I was honestly was like, it's gonna be sixty-two. I just feel it. It's gonna be a sixty-two. There we go. Yeah. Now, Eric, I'm gonna go out on the limb here and you don't have to yeah. tell me just now, but I'm gonna to try to um read the future
1: okay i have a feeling
0: that you're going to very much enjoy the turbo graphics batman game and this one's going to get a very high rating from you although i don't think (laughs) i don't know if you've played this one yet or not but let's find out so give us some dry stats
1: yep the dry stats again was a little harder to find but i've got some stuff here uh batman for the pc engine and remember no turbo graphics so there was never a u.s release on this um it was developed by sunsoft as well and released in 1990 but only in japan wasn't released in any other region um, and it says the knowledge I have is for unknown reasons. The game was never released in North America for the TurboGrafx-16. Um, the game is an action puzzle, ele- has action puzzle elements. Uh, it's kind of a maze-style game. Um, How weird
0: is that? Batman maze game?
1: What? Exactly. Uh, single player, um, they call it an action puzzle game. Released in Japan October 12, nineteen ninety. Um, so this one was actually released after uh, the NES version of of uh, their, of Sunsoft's version.
0: Although the title um, screen says 89, which is interesting.
1: That is weird.
0: That's when it was made, and, just not released ag- then.
1: Okay. Yeah. Again, not, not a lot of data on this. So it was, it was hard digging up levels. This one um, has four levels. Each one has 12 stages. So there's a lot of different 48 levels.
0: 48 stages is what that is. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, But they are—they follow kind of the movie again. Gotham City, the museum, Axis Chemical Factory, Gotham City, and then finally the cathedral, which is where the you you fight the Joker in the last battle.
0: And I would say, sorry, I'm jumping the gun here, doing that, but I would say it follows uh, visually follows the movie very closely.
1: Yeah, it does. Yep, and if you're looking at this game, um, it's kind of uh, really like a maze game. So think like. I don't know. A lot of people compared it to Bomberman. I don't think it's a lot like Bomberman. Bomberman's more like a square with with uh, different things in there. It's not really a maze. Where no, this is more maze like.
0: This is honestly more Pac Man. You think so? It's, well, with what you're doing, you're essentially trying to collect all the dots.
1: Some, but, yeah. And there's yeah.
0: enemies. The difference is you don't have to eat a power pellet and eat an enemy. You have a weapon.
1: Yeah and I mean, it's a collect them up. So Batman's running around this thing collecting different things, but there is a goal in every level to pick up all of the whatever they the it's the chemical objectives. Or whatever. Yeah, objectives. exactly. Whatever the objective is, you're you have to pick them all up and there is a time limit in this game. So, so
0: ultimately yeah, it's so ultimately the game as much as you don't want to admit it to yourself and I I felt the same way. It is a game just like Batman. You go around the maze, not touch any enemies, and collect all the stuff. That's what it yeah. is. It becomes Bomberman-like because there's a lot of pickups and power-ups and things that will enhance your weapon, kind of like in Bomberman. So your battering will go further. You'll be able to go faster. You'll be able to throw more of them. You'll be able to move faster. Those are very sure. Bomberman-like power-ups. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But the theme and the visuals are very much like the Batman movie.
1: Yep, there'll be, like, a little bomb you can get that clears the enemies that are currently on the screen. Um, your battering that you throw, what's interesting element is the battering you throw stuns the enemy. And then you have to go kick him. So you have to go over there and, like, knock him off of the maze. So the battering itself won't take them off of the map. So it just stuns them, and then they kind of spin around, and you... Kind of like eating a power
0: pellet in Pac-Man. Except exactly. the ghosts would actually freeze. It's funny because when I describe it the way I'm describing it, it's accurate, but it makes me like the game less. <laughs> right. Because it does not feel like Pac-Man at all. It feels very fun and very satisfying.
1: Yeah. So you basically go through every level and they're all there. It's not procedurally generated. So when you go through it, you it's the same maps over. And so if you didn't get as far, you you know, you're going to be familiar with the maps as you go along. Um it can become challenging to get you can't dawdle around. You gotta get the stuff and get out of the maze. Got I'm not a saying the time limit is it's not brutal brutally punishing, but you can't screw around. So it keeps you moving. It keeps you moving. You gotta you gotta take care of it. I didn't have any problem. I didn't beat the game, but I got very far in this game. I mean, I think I got to the final world.
0: I I figured you would beat this one.
1: I didn't beat it just because of lack of time, but I, I could beat it for yeah. sure. Um the graphics uh, to me are more in line with the movie, honestly. Batman yeah. looks more like the Batman from the movie. They're much more detailed. The sprites are much more. De- you can see the yellow insignia on his chest. Um, you know, the the clowns that the Joker dudes that are not the Joker, but the Joker mimes. dudes. Yeah, the mimes. They look like mimes. You can tell they look like mimes. I mean When I think about this game, when I look at it, I do think, man, TurboGrafx-16 got a raw deal here in the U.S. The graphics were so good. The color palette was so good. The sound was so good. good. Everything about the TurboGrafx-16 was so good, and it failed here in the U.S., which is, it sucks. I mean, it was a fantastic system, and this game highlights that um whether you like this game format or not the graphics show you that these are beautiful fun graphics um
0: now what i will say no. about this game is yeah. visually yeah. when you see the gameplay visually you're like this looks like boring old school gameplay that is you know at the point of this release 15 years past due like yeah. how could this game be fun right and all i can say is it's a lot of fun <laughs>
1: this game is a lot of fun. I mean, it it has a timer, which I don't like, but I didn't, it didn't bother me. I, I enjoyed playing the game.
0: It is. It's like comfort food. You just enjoy going through the levels and beating stuff every once in a while. You won't beat a level and you'll restart. And it can be hard to get going once you have to restart because you lose all your power ups and you're very slow and you have this super short battering, but, um, you can get through it and you, and you can keep moving. And, um, the music is actually great. Yeah, I remember the music
1: is fantastic.
0: Yes. I haven't played this in a couple of years and right when I booted up, I immediately started humming all the songs as they came on. I'm like, yep. I remember all these,
1: yeah.
0: uh, very memorable. And, uh, hey. so most of these levels have, um, two enemy types. They usually have a stationary enemy there or a, a, an enemy on a path. Yeah. And then they have these super quick versions of enemies, uh, that are going on much bigger paths. And, uh, and then they have so, for example, the first world here and the last world. The mimes. When you're in the, uh, the what's it called, Oppenheimer Museum or whatever. Uh, yeah. Security guards. Um, there's other levels. I think want to say there's like a like wharf, so like dudes on the wharf. I can't. Excuse me, can't quite remember. But um, and and they kind of are sentries that will shoot at you, or there'll be enemies that are walking the path. But if you go in in line with them, they'll see you and quickly run towards you. Um but it's kind of a, it's basically like a game of robots and you're just trying to collect everything on the path while navigating, knowing exactly what the enemies are going to do. And you just kind of have to time it right and um, get to the objective. And the objectives are very cool. I I think uh, in the first world there, you're trying to collect all of the, I want to say it's poison.
1: Yeah. They're like the Joker poison that he was releasing Yep. In Gotham.
0: Yeah. So you have to get all the cl- bottles of poison on each level. In the second world, you're at the Oppenheimer museum and they're tagging the, the art just like they are in the movie. So you have to go clean up the art, <laughs> which is funny because you have security guards that think you're the bad guy, but you're the good guy, right? So you're actually, there cleaning up the art, but the se- security guards are still going for you. Um, yeah. Then you get to kind of z- zooming through the, the things here. You get to the kind of warehouse areas and these areas, there's X's on the ground where you have to place bombs. Gameplay wise, nothing changes, but visually, you feel like you're playing a completely different game every level, even though it's the same, right? Um, and then my absolute favorite is the very last world where, in the movie, there in the uh, they have like this parade going through, and they have these giant balloons that ultimately are releasing gas and and you know knocking out the citizens of Gotham. And basically in the game here, they have the balloons tethered to the ground. And your goal is to go around and release all the balloons into the air. So they can't use them in the parade. Um, Super, super. uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Thematic. Very thematic.
1: Yeah. And there's some neat little touches like Batman, like there's these little warp zones, like you hit on these triangles and he's warp zones in another place, but it looks like he, you know, launches his grappling hook and, goes out and then drops down into another warp zone. Um, so I think that that's pretty neat. When you start a level, he flies in with his wings out and he lands. I mean, there's a lot of really neat little animations, a lot of cool detail in this game. Yeah, for sure.
0: Is there anything we haven't touched on Eric? Did you, you do you enjoy your time playing this game?
1: Very much. I enjoyed this. Um, the gameplay itself. I enjoyed a lot more than the Nintendo version yep
0: oh there you go so i think you have to give it a score then
1: yep so i'll go i can go first um i'm gonna give this game a 73 okay that's not as high as i was expecting but okay yeah i mean i like this game a lot but i i mean it it does get samey yeah right yeah i mean and and the thing to its credit it's a long game there's a lot of levels but when you do that, I think there needs to be... I mean, there's there's variety in the goals that you do on each level, but the enemies are roughly the same. Yep. Um, so there, there's some downsides to it. I probably should have highlighted those more, but it's a fun game. It's a it's a blast, but it, it has some downs, yeah. downsides. It's,
0: it. it's comfort food for me. It's I know yeah. it's the same, but somehow I keep going back to it, and there's no way to explain it better than just say that. Yep. If you watch a, a playthrough of this game, you're going to be bored. Right. If you play it, It's satisfying and fun, and you just want to. It's like a bowl of M and M's. You just kind of keep want to grab one more. I'll get. grab one more. I'll get one more. Um, yeah, for that reason, I think there's no way to say this. I think the NES version is a better game, but I enjoy this one a little bit more. Oh, you do? I do. That surprised Um, me. Well, I think part of that is because so the the NES one. You know, you watch the replay there, right? If you play straight through without dying, it's like 22 minutes long. But to actually beat the game is going to take you 8 to 10 hours of of work. Yeah. of <laughs> uh, Practice and, and work. Uh, this game, you can very easily, I beat it my first playthrough. I mean, I died a few times, but you get to recontinue from that level. And uh, you'll get it done in a couple hours, three, three hours maybe on your first, maybe four on your first playthrough, and then you get better at it. Um, you're gonna beat it. It's a it's a pushover <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. If, if you're gonna try to beat without continues, I can see it being much more difficult, but uh, I don't you know, mind pushover
1: games. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind pushover games as long as they're fun.
0: Yep. So um, this is so I think so I'm gonna, gonna give, it, give it I think I'm gonna give it the exact same score as the NES game. Honestly, really? it, it's a completely different game and but I still love it and I've probably played this game every time I I shouldn't say every time I turn on my Turbo Graphics, I play this game, but I've played all the way through. Every time I've turned this game on, I pretty much play through the whole thing. I think I've, I've beat it four times. Yeah. Um, because I just can't stop. It's just, you, 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 you have your first Cheeto and you just keep going. So cool. Yeah. I'll give it a, uh, what did I give it 78.
1: Yep. So there we go. If, 78. With that said, then the winner, ultimately, if we look at the aggregate score would be the PC engine version.
0: There you go. There we go. Way PC to go, Batman. Engine. Oh wait, that's not the one I want. Hold on, hold on. What? I, I I need to get more like positive sounds on my on my board here. All I have is the uh this one again.
2: <laughs>
0: there we <laughs> yeah, go. We Way get- to go, Batman. That uh, that first sound effect was for the other Batman. All right. Hey, that's our battle. That's our battle. And what else is it, Eric? It's the show. That's the whole show. That is the whole show. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, please tune in next time on episode 113, which we were released on August 30th. Yeah. Uh, again, we're going to have quick questions. Uh, we're going to have a game show with Tim. Uh, Eric's got that all set up. We got a lot of good feedback last time he did one. So he gets to go again. And it looks like Tim's going to join us for the entire show very cool we've got a box opening we've got catching up we've got six good games and we've got beer exactly so until then remember it's It's dangerous dangerous to go go alone thank you again for listening you can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden, And you can also follow Eric at the project that's D U H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball 49. That's O D D B A one one four nine. You can reach Tim drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S A N X I O N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel Gaiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.